Blaze Pod. It's Friday, 17th of April. My name is Ben and I'm joined, as always, by Andrew on the line. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yep, still uh, still staying sane and healthy. The same same extent to you? Yeah. I don't, I don't know about sane. Um, <laughs> healthiest part, I'm doing exercise five days a week in-house and there are all these YouTube videos and stuff and I, I'm shouting at the trainer saying, are you mad? I can't do another one. <laughs> So, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I think I think I'm getting fitter, but I don't know if I'm, yeah, just complete. I, everything aches, which is normally a good sign. But what about yeah. yourself? Any exercise? Yeah, I'm still uh, keeping on running. Um, it's uh, and, and having to weave around people. Uh, to be fair, uh, a lot of people seem to respect social distancing yeah. quite well. It's just, uh, and I suppose with less cars on the road, it's a bit easier to kind of nip into the road if it's a narrow pavement and uh, yeah, true. Keep yeah. your distance. I mean, I've got this. I've got an Achilles injury. Obviously, I don't know if I mentioned it on here before, but uh, so I can't run at the moment. So it's quite annoying. So you want to go out, really, especially with weather being quite nice. But mm. just stuck indoors doing these idiotic American "Come on, one more time" videos. <laughs> 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 nice. Well, exercise is uh, is is good for mental and physical health. So uh, yeah, well played both of us. Right. What we're going to talk about today? We. <laughs> Just in case the uh, the mood isn't low enough, I don't. Did, why did we want to talk about this? Let me just quickly set the scene. So we're, we're going to go back to the last time United were in the well, the Premiership as it was known then, which, which seems jarring now. Actually, every time someone says the Premiership instead of the Premier League, I sort of start a little bit in, yeah. the, uh, in the season review video. But yeah, the uh, our one season there, two thousand six oh seven, um, which obviously ended in relegation and lots to. Lots of things kind of happened and contributed to that, and it was a very depressing end to the season, almost embarrassing in some ways, I think, in, in both on and off the pitch, and not something I was ever particularly keen to revisit, but here we are, we're going to revisit it. Why are we talking about this again? I, don't, I think it's like when you watch Bambi, isn't it? Like, and you think, well, what? it's a bit sad, this. But, you know, you watch it, you like a bit of melancholy. I don't know. I think I've, I've always wanted to do this season because, weirdly enough, and I think a few people have tweeted this as well, I actually enjoyed the most, the majority of it. Mm. I, I, it's one of my most enjoyable seasons. If you get rid of the ending, if Danny Webber's shot goes in at the end, that goes down as one of my most enjoyable seasons as a United fan. It was frustrating and stuff, but I just thought that, I mean, we'll come on to it, but that team, I don't think, were much cop, to be honest, for a mm. Premiership team. Uh, and and it is the Premiership, by the way. Yes, <laughs> Not the Premier League. This was the Premiership. This is where I've got my... Uh, where I, People always pick me up and say the Premiership instead of Premier League, but this was the Premiership. Uh, but, yeah, I think like we were... And just seeing those players who had been with us for that amount of time up against the best in the land, basically, and then almost and should have done it, uh, I really, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. We were underdogs every game and mm. brilliant atmosphere, but arguably a better atmosphere then than this season, I, I think, in terms of the crowd. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair. I, I don't mm. know if expectations are, possibly expectations are slightly raised this season um, versus then, which um, yeah. I mean, I'll come on to, uh, well, actually, maybe we can we can address this now. Actually, but how uh, how did you expect us to do going into that season? We'll we'll talk about the sort of summer business and and everything else in a moment. But just just like off the bat, I guess, what can you remember how you expected us to fare? 
I remember the last game against Palace, and we went to the pub after. And I, uh, I met up with a Wednesday fan, mate, and he, he was saying, "I think you'll stay up," and I said, "We've got absolutely no chance of staying up." I, I clearly remember saying that. I said, "Like we're nowhere near good enough to to play in the Premier League." And then the signings we made were very underwhelming. I thought, and I I, I thought we'd be, yeah, I thought. I genuinely did think we'd go down. Obviously, I had that hope of being a biased fan, but it wasn't like this season where I thought, well, you know, O'Connell's good and, uh, you know, um, John Flex, obviously, are really good. You look at that side, and there's only really Jags, maybe Tong, could you thought, might have stepped up. I don't think there was anywhere near as much quality in that team. So I think, realistically, I thought we'd go down. What about you? Yeah, exactly the same. I mean... Uh, I, yeah, I do remember that quite clearly, and you know, it, it's not a, it's not kind of hindsight colouring what I felt at the, like what I felt at the time. My memory of it, if you like, I mean, mm. I, I felt the same. I thought we'd, I thought we'd struggle when we got promoted to the championship the, um, under Wilder. To be honest, as in, I thought yeah. we'd be, I thought we'd be sort of sixteenth, seventeenth in in that division, you know, and, and I'd have been quite happy with that at the start of the season. I think, yeah, um, yeah. but I did think we'd stay up this season, twenty uh, twenty nineteen twenty. 2006-07, yeah, as you say, pretty limited team, not very uh, inspiring signings. And I think uh, the fact that we nearly threw it away this exactly, season before... Yeah, exactly what I was about to say, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, I just think that, like, obviously, this the last season with Wilder, when we went up, we uh, did we lose two after Christmas? We were obviously on fire and we looked a good side. Hmm. We sort of stumbled over the line, didn't we, with this one under Warnock? And you, I thought we saw, like, the limitations of the squad as the season before was going on, whereas I don't think we saw that under Wilder. Yeah, and we, we touched on it. Uh, you, you mentioned it last uh, last time, actually, when we were talking about Neil Shipperley, how we were. Mm. It, it felt like we were scrambling to get the best team together, like in the latter part of that season, and as you say, just yeah. sort of scrape yeah, yeah, over yeah. the line. And then it comes to the sort of shaping of the squad for the new season, and we lost um, we lost a lot of players who'd contributed in yeah. uh, in the previous one. So Shipley was obviously towards the end of his career. He, I think, he scored eleven goals that year. He was out. Uh, Cabo was let go. Paul Eiffel, who scored, I think, ten goals that season, he was let go. Yeah. You know, even even sort of um, lesser players like Akinbayi, etc. So yeah. it's like, you know, it, we kept most of the core of the team together, but it wasn't a particularly inspiring core. I don't think. Well, was the it? first game, ten of the first eleven who played, um, what, what were from last season. But that included like Derek Geary, who didn't play as much in the Championship as he did in the Premier League. Yeah, um, and oh, we'll get onto the lineup of that one I guess, yeah. in a little bit. But um, yeah, just to tick off a few things. Obviously, Neil Warnock was uh, was still the manager. Uh, Brian Kidd joined as uh, assistant, was he? Or certainly, he was just coaching staff. Was assistant, yeah, and and Kidd was just on the coaching. So I, until I read this back, I always thought Brian Kidd were brought in by Robson, but he weren't, were not I think he became assistant manager yeah. under Robson, but yeah, well, I think it what was he like first team coach? I mean, I something really like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that was a bit you know a bit of a coup. He obviously went on to um, was he uh, Mancini's assistant at uh, yeah, City yeah, when he won the yeah. league. I mean, he'd been at Man United. He were a manager yeah. at Blackburn in the Prem and stuff. So it was quite a good coup to get him in as a coach. Definitely, yeah. Um, uh, a bit of housekeeping around Bramall Lane, the Westfield Health corner stand. So that's the. Uh, the corner between the South Stand and the Bramall Lane end was uh, was completed in the summer. I don't know if it's still called that or not, but that was what it was called then. So that was yeah. an extra 2,000 seats. And I'm, I'm also uh, 99% sure this is the summer we 
we went to all plastic seating around the whole stadium. So is that right? I didn't realise that. To be fair, but, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is because I was that summer. I was working in uh, the Bromall Lane Business Centre for a company there, and um, yeah, I remember going up to whatever the equivalent of like the I don't know the executive suite thing is upon in John Street and looking out on the on the ground and being like, wow, it looks amazing. They got rid of all the yeah. wooden seats on the south stand. It's something like all red plastic seats. Yeah. So. I do remember going into that first game and being really impressed with the stadium. Obviously, that as you said, that corner got filled in and stuff, and it just looked a far, it looked like a Premiership ground. I thought before it looked like it needed a little bit of work doing, uh, Bramall Lane. But yeah, I think it were all set up. I think the best thing McCabe did is is definitely off the pitch rather than on the pitch. I think. Yes, um, I did. And in the boardroom, uh, Derek Dooley stepped down as chairman before the season, and Terry Robinson uh, became the new chairman. Um, Right, let's talk about transfers for this summer. So I mentioned the players that we we let go. Uh, they went all immediately. Um, in fact, some of them were in January, weren't they? But they, yeah. were, they yeah, were very yeah. much phased out of the team well in advance of that. Um, yeah. We also had like older players like Brian Dean, uh, who retired. He'd come in for a very short spell at the end of the previous season. Uh, slightly... Am I being uncharitable? That felt a bit of a testimonial. Like, yeah, I didn't really feel like but... we'd signed Dean to help us get promotion. I think he played about half an hour, didn't he, that season. I'm sure I think he, he came against... Yeah, I think, do you, yeah, Palace and I, I, I want to say Brighton he I came on. Right. Yeah, he nearly scored with an header, I remember that, but I think he was just sort of there, weren't he? Yeah, Bruce Dyer as well was another one that kind yeah. of chipped in with uh, a goal. A goal, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I against... remember the first couple of games, I remember against Wednesday, were brilliant. He missed a lot of chances, but his all-round play were amazing. Yeah, um, so I mean, you know, kind of limited contributions as particularly Dean and Dyer made, I suppose. Yeah. You look at those players, they let go. Shipley, Cabba, Eiffel, Akinbay, Dean and Dyer, that's that's a lot of forwards. I mean, mm. and, you know, we didn't really replace them apart from putting all our eggs into the uh, the basket of Rob Hulse. Yeah. Which was a fantastic signing, but perhaps not the most sensible transfer policy. We did also sign Christian Nade as another uh, attacker, but a, a complete unknown, really. Yeah. I mean, I think a free transfer, and he, um, I mean, he, he seemed to struggle for fitness all all the way through his United career. Tim Pot Moose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, by far the highest level he played at in his whole career. I think. Was yeah. I'm just looking down his career now? Is Oh, he loved it. He were a new club every season, weren't they? Yeah, he seems to have uh, had a nomadic career around Scotland and uh, where's that? Is that Thailand? Yeah. Yes, the Thai Division Two. He played in for a, a brief time as well. So, yeah, not a not a headline signing, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's, it's when you when I look back, that's. I mean, there will be many many times during this that will probably go like that's one of the reasons we got relegated like that's something yeah. that that's something that maybe we couldn't have foreseen or you know was just so unlucky or you know what can you do about it but I think going into the season with such limited striking options was a major risk I mean who did yeah. we have that was still here from the previous season we had Danny Webber who he'd had a okay season last... to be honest Danny Webber one of the few that I had a little bit of faith into to to, to, to make the step up I thought like the the season before, he was one of our more exciting players, but he wasn't a goal scorer. I think he only got yeah. a 10 or 11 the year before, but I was quite happy with Webber going into it. But, yeah, as you say, I think I think it was just basically Webber. Cabba was still there in the early stages of that. Um, 
We brought obviously brought Hulse in Shipley when uh, Akin Bayer was still there for the early part, and that were it. I mean, just looking at the squad list now, like, what were we thinking? I mean, the, <laughs> you know, if you if you write off if you write off Cabra and Akin because as I say, they were phased out and then, then let go in January. We genuinely went into the season with Hulse, Weber, Nade, and Colin Kazin Richards, if you want to call him a forward, but I, I definitely wouldn't. And a handful yeah. of youth players who never featured or barely featured. Like, I think this might go into the thing of Warnock wanting to play Warnock front as well, though. To be fair, yeah, uh, especially in away games, I think his his idea were basically holds up front on his own, supported by Weber playing out wide, you know, and then you like the tongue and stuff supporting him. But yeah, it were a poor. I remember at the time thinking that's not a great priest. I always remember they're doing a review on Sky Sports after uh, before the season. And I can't remember, basically the entire panel just completely wrote us off based on our signings and just said these are not going to be good enough to keep you up. And and in fairness, they nearly did. So, well, this is the thing I I'm constantly amazed this team got 38 points. Like the more yeah, I think I about it, you know, with all the limitations of Warnock as a manager, of all the things that went against us, which we'll we'll come on to, all the sort of self-inflicted uh, wounds, if you like, and the yeah. pretty uninspiring transfers. Still got thirty-eight points. Like we still had one of the highest points total of a team that got relegated. We went down by a single goal on goal difference. Constantly amazing me. I went through all the programs, just looking at the team every match, and I, I and I just looked at it and I thought that team should have finished bottom. And I'm not. It's really disrespectful because I love those players for different. I love Kozluk for a different reason, if you know what I mean, and mm. and the likes of Montgomery and stuff like that. I, I just I, I do. I did look at that team and I just thought, wow, that. I, how did that team... And we did overachieve in a weird way, I thought. Yeah, and, and that probably is, is kind of to come back to what you were saying about atmosphere, about... Um, you mentioned it earlier, just like we were big underdogs in mm. every game, I think. And that was a... I think that was an attitude perpetuated by Warnock, certainly. You know, he, he did he did thrive on this siege mentality. You know, everything's against us. and But I think it also did go against us a little bit as well. We were very... Far too much respect to a lot of teams just... I don't know. There's just so much that I look back on in this season and just be like, that's. I don't want to say it was wrong, but it's certainly not what Wilder would have done at all. And, you know, if no. it's. I mean, it... obviously, Wilder, to a, to a lesser degree, has got a little bit of criticism for his signings in pre season. I think some people have said, well, he didn't work out. And we're play, pretty much playing with the same squad from the year before, but he's a world away from this. It, I it think really... it is, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the big thing, I'll put this in the notes, but, like, you know, we put all our eggs into uh, one basket with holes up front. Whereas this this summer just gone, um, we obviously spent a lot of money on four or five attacking players that, yeah. you know, ostens- I mean, it's only really in the last few games, maybe the last four or five games uh, of, of the season that's still in progress that you say like McBurney is the number one choice to, yeah. be, to be playing up front with Sharp, I suppose. Out of the new signings anyway, McBurney's the one that's like staked his claim, I guess. But yeah, yeah we actually signed options, like legit options this summer and... Yeah, some of them might not work out, but they all kind of had an impact so far. And, and the quality is so much different as well. You look at someone like Mo Bessic, who only played a couple, who's only played a couple of games so far this season. It's such a world away, though, from the likes of like Ledgerwood and you know, yeah. But let's and quickly Lee Tai and David Samay or whatever. You know, yeah. Let's quickly tick off some of these other signings then. So, um, so Chris Lachetti, uh was from. Preston, I believe. It. Actually, it was yeah, he was there the year before on loan and didn't really play much, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Holton mentioned Lee Tai. It was a free transfer from Everton. 
I, you know, I, I can't remember seeing him play at all. He I remember really, him in a friendly no. against Rotherham, and he was really good, actually. And I genuinely thought, he's good, this guy can pass. Obviously, that were, I thought that were a decent signing at the time, because he'd be in the Everton team and stuff. Obviously, Everton at that point, like, you know, a top six side under Moyes. Yeah. And I thought, that's a decent signing, that. I remember watching him against Rotherham, he was a really good passer and stuff, and then he literally never played a game. Yeah, he didn't do it. I was looking now. He played one League Cup game for us. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I remember thinking, I always wanted him in the team, Lee Tyler, like pretty much all through that season, based on that one friendly performance. But yeah, yeah. free transfer, I suppose. Uh, I, I don't know. Probably to do with the Chinese links, I would have thought, rather than anything else. Yeah, potentially. Uh, Samay, David Samay, uh, free transfer from Man City. I feel like he was the first choice right back for a little bit at the start of the yeah. season. Yeah, so yeah, he was. I thought he was yeah, okay. Like. Yeah. Just average. Yeah, but probably slightly below average Premier League player. Um, I, I didn't feel like he was appreciably better than Kozluk and, and certainly not Geary. No, um, he, obviously by halfway through the season, he'd completely gone, I know. Yeah, Mikael Ledgetwood from Palace. Uh, quickly tell me what you thought of Ledgetwood as a player. I hated, not hated him. I thought it was worse than most other people thought, I think, by the sounds of it. Because I remember... There were a couple of debates at the time on the forums and stuff, and I just I used to think you were awful. And I was a lot younger then, so maybe I was being harsh. And I look back at the the season highlights; he actually does some good things, you know, put some good balls in, and mm. these. I just thought he was such a championship player. Yeah, I thought it was terrible. Um, <laughs> good. Honestly, I, I just didn't see why we were playing him. I thought it was just just really, really limited footballer. Even Montgomery um, in the middle in some games, it was just like disgusting to be honest <laughs> in a creative sense it was just like yeah. oh god well, well, on... how are we supposed to create a chance here Mikhail Legs of Wood went on to yeah. become uh, a Reading legend by the way my missus is um, constantly yeah. telling me how popular he was I think he was like Reading's player of the season when they were promoted or... well I always get the feeling that I might have been a bit harsh on him because no, I've always played rubbish. rubbish he was uh, rubbish but... Yeah, but there might be another Rogan Nielsen thing here where we're getting handed from people after. So. I'll be surprised. I will really be surprised if there's many United fans disagree with me on that one, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, Narde we mentioned, and we'll obviously talk about uh, in, in a fair bit as well. Ian Bennett was a backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Decent uh, backup, I thought, Bennett, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, he became much more of a regular for us in later seasons, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there for a long, long time. He, he took Paddy's place under Robson for a little bit. Uh, yeah. And then he was number one under Blackwell when Kenny left. I think he were he were injured a lot then because he were he were uh, he must have been about thirty eight thirty nine at that point. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then then the final one to mention uh, is Colin Kazim Richards, the Coca Cola kid. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he came a little bit later, didn't he? He didn't sign in January. Yeah, it was on. Uh, sorry, uh, in pre-season, sorry, he signed a couple of games in, didn't he? That's right, yeah. So we signed for 150,000 on transfer that, deadline. Do you know what's that? Oh, they were transfer deadline day, and I remember this. We were, we were linked with Nugent and all sorts of people, and we just signed Colin Kazim Richards for 150,000 pounds. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was good. I thought he was, was one, one of our better players that season. Didn't play. I don't know if he was injured, but he didn't play probably as much as he should have. I don't know whether he, we just couldn't find a spot for him, I guess. <laughs> Little bit, bit. Maverick. Maverick, yeah, but God, that team needed some Maverick, I think, in it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he is, uh, I mean, I said this to you before we start, but he is another of those that's um, the very few players, I would say, who've gone on to have a better career after leaving United. Yeah. Um, you know, like Jagielka, Delas, players like that. I think, I think it is a genuinely quite small list, but I think he sometimes gets forgotten. I mean, he went, he went to Fenerbahce, you know, a, a consistent Champions League team. He played mm-hmm. for... Uh, played 37 times for Turkey, including yeah. 
all of their games at Euro 2008 as they got to the semi-finals. Yeah. I remember him. I remember him in that tournament being really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Feyenoord, Galatasaray. Uh, he was playing for Blackburn when they were in the Premier League, I believe, as well. Um, yeah. It's a good career. Um, yeah. If anyone's running one earth run about with the Coca-Cola kid, there was this... There was this competition, I can't remember the exact details, obviously run by Coca-Cola, where um, the the fan of the, the winning... I forgot that right. Uh, yeah, the fans... Yeah. The, the winner, the team that they supported, Coca-Cola, would, would fund a signing up to, like, £250,000, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it was won by a Brighton fan, and the player that was purchased with the winnings of the competition was... Kazim Richards for 250k from Berry, mm. and uh, yeah, he became known as the Coca-Cola kid. He which, ate uh, that. There's a thing in the pro one of the programs why. where he says he's uh, he, he's fed up of being called the Coca-Cola kid. <laughs> I really can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not a good thing. But it's amazing that they signed for 250 grand and we signed him for less. When we're in the Premier League. In Premier League a couple of seasons later when, yeah, weird. I think he scored against us the year before, actually. Oh, no way. Did he really? Yeah, I think he, I think, Warnock used to love that. If someone scored against us, Rattle sign him. <laughs> <laughs> not having that again. Yeah. Yeah, old Kazim Kazim, I had to check that to make because I, I had in my head that he's actually called, you know, he's, he's also known as Kazim Kazim and uh, yeah. apparently it is true. Yeah. Yes, CKR, Colin Kazim Richards, Turkish international. Yeah, uh, which I don't think he was at the time. Maybe, maybe at the end. No, of the I don't season. think he was. He wasn't. No. Right. Um, what else happened before the season started? Jagielka signed a three-year contract. Uh, is, is that right? Where you've added that in here? Where'd you get that from? Uh, it was just before the season started. A three-year contract. It's in the first program. It goes through the you know the pre-season. What's happening pre-season? He signed a three-year contract. Yeah. Well, clearly. The release course. <laughs> yes, I know. Because uh, he obviously left at the end of... Is it the end of this season it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one didn't last very long. Uh, it moved to Everton for four million, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, basically Just... a deal for Beatty. Uh, okay. Hmm. So, we can get to that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, we're getting on to the first game now. There's plenty to talk about there itself. Um I, I just this had completely slipped my mind, which I think just says it all about Warnock. Warnock started the season with a touchline ban. He <laughs> was banned for the first two games of the season. I yeah. mean, I, I assume this is from uh, him having a Barney with the referee. Yeah, the... he got sent off against Leeds uh, in the season before, uh, allegedly, allegedly, for telling one of our players to break one of the Leeds players' legs. That's what Graham Paul put in his report. So. One up were banned for the first two games of the, the the Premier League season. Unbelievable! So so Warnick in it. Like yeah. here's the, I mean, what was it? The first time I've been in the Premier League for like twelve years, something like that. Yeah. And uh, here you go, managers. Managers already banned before we even started for some <laughs> nonsense in a game that pretty much didn't mean anything. Nah. Already promoted at the time. Um, not an easy start to the season. Liverpool at home. We were not. Not the Liverpool of today, but still a you know very very regular Champions League. Team. Yeah. In fact, uh, they played in the last two Champions League finals, I believe, at that point. They won it in two thousand five, and I think two thousand six. They've been in it. As yeah, well. they were a really good side. That's a brilliant play. Obviously, Gerrard were there, and uh, you, you like to obviously Carrigo playing as well. Uh, yeah. Robbie Fowler up front. Dirk Coit. Dirk Coit. Craig Bellamy, I think, were there as well. He was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they were a good side. John Arnarisa. Uh, yeah, Herb, yeah, yeah. They, they were a good side. Aston Villa legend Pepe Reina in goal. Pepe Reina in goal, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but they, they were a good side. It weren't, weren't the Liverpool today, but it were a top four side, I think. 
Definitely. Uh, a really, but pretty much the, the hardest game you could ask for to start the season, I think. Um, it finished third, actually, that season. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just thinking there's not, you sort of forget the, uh, I think the last couple of seasons of the, the Premier League, um, you know, it's a total uh, duopoly, duopoly, I think that's how you say that word, at the top of, of City and Liverpool, where they're just so much better than everyone else. Whereas this was, I think this was a, a kind of stage of English football where, there was genuine like flux about who was going to be the best team. Abramovich had been there for three seasons, I think, at Chelsea. This was Mourinho's second season, weren't it? I think that sounds about right. Yeah, and it was obviously before uh, Man City were taken over, which would have been a few years later. Yeah. Um, although they would have had, I think they would have had uh, Shinawatra around this stage, wouldn't they? The uh, the Thai fella who did put a bit of money into them, yeah. but obviously not to any great success. But anyway, Liverpool, very very tough team um, to start. It was a Early kickoff, I think it was twelve forty-five kickoff. So we were, you know, we were the curtain raiser for the season, I suppose. Um, and yeah, didn't uh, I didn't expect us to do very well, to be honest. I mean, no. you know, I looked down the team. Um, I have no idea how this team shaped up. There's a lot it of defenders. Four five one. Yeah, four five one, and I think Weber played on the right wing. And no. Chris Armstrong on the left wing, presumably. Chris Armstrong on the left. It must have been Eiffel on the right, actually. Eiffel must have started on the right. I, I imagine Weber had like a midfield free roll sort of thing going on then. Yeah, so Hulse up front on his own. A midfield, probably, of Armstrong, Tong, Jagielka. Sorry, Armstrong played in the middle. That's right. Armstrong played in the middle with Tong and Jagielka and Weber played on the left wing. That's right. I mean, I doubt Chris Armstrong's played central midfield at any other stage of his career. He was he was a left back. I mean, he was you know he was good going forward, but basically we we <laughs> like how many defenders can we shove in this team there, weren't we? Yeah, you know, we Jack did it a couple times with Armstrong that season. Arsenal away, he played centre mid as well. Mm, how did that go? We lost three 0 <laughs> Exactly. Um, David Unsworth, uh, another player we should mention, of course, uh, becomes much more relevant later on. But he started this one as well. We uh, we got to half time nil nil and. Within seconds of the second half kicking off, uh, winner free kick, Unsworth whips it in and Hulse manages to avoid all defenders and power it into the net um, in front of the cop. is a goal on his debut, a 1-0 lead over Liverpool and yeah, dreamland. I couldn't believe it at the time. Like, Do you know what, how... going back to Danny Webber, by the way, that, that, that game, I thought Danny Webber were really, really good. I always remember after... Um... You say, you know, he looks the part in the Premier League. You were really good in that game, Danny Webber. Caused them a, a lot of problems. And you think, well, he's going to be one who steps up. And then it didn't really happen for him. Yeah. I think, I think as you said, he, he did all right this season. Yeah, um, he all right. I think he was just a top-end championship player. Yeah. Not quite as good for the Premier League, I don't think, Danny Webber. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair assessment for, for sure. Um, so, yeah, 1-0 nil, uh, nil to the Blades. And then the, the first of many... Con- I mean, we should have probably seen the rest of this season coming I suppose and yeah this was uh it's gone down in in infamy uh for the Blades I suppose but um a penalty awarded to Liverpool from which they equalized uh and the game finished one all mm. ah dear can you remember can you remember how you felt uh, how this unfolded in real time when you were there I think I shouted diver and stuff, but I didn't really know until after that it had... So, to be honest, after the game, I wasn't that max. I thought a draw were a really good result. Yeah, I same, actually. I genuinely remember thinking, nah, it's a shame, but, you know, first game, that's not, that's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Um, so what, what happens is um, Gerard plays a, a bit of a one-two on the edge of our area. Uh, he takes a touch into the box. Chris Morgan slides in on him. 
doesn't make any contact, or if he does, it's the most minimal of minimal contact. Mm-hmm. Gerard has another step or two, gets his shot away, and then falls over. Ball goes straight at Paddy Kenny, comfortable save. And then here's Rob Styles giving a um, a foul on Morgan and, uh, and a penalty to Liverpool, which they scored. And I, I'm definitely more angry watching this again than I was at the time, although it, it just... It just didn't look like a penalty, you know, the, the sort of way yeah. it unfolded. I, I get that a player doesn't need to or shouldn't need to fall over in order for a referee to give a foul. Like, you can still foul someone even if they stay on their feet. But it, it just looks so strange. I mean, I've, I've very rarely seen anything like this ever again. And then the the fallout from it, um, as I say, has gone down in legend. And I, I don't know, I, I've looked into this to try and find out what actually was said and whether the the legend is true i suppose but it's a it's a strange one rob styles um th- i mean the thing that everyone kind of remembers is is this this idea that styles said um morgan intended to foul gerard yeah. and therefore the fact that he didn't make any contact is irrelevant and i remember everybody seizing on that intended to foul thing as like preposterous which obviously it is i mean yeah. like, why yeah. why would a defender ever intend to foul someone in the box that's that's insane. Um, but I'm not 100% sure that Styles actually said that. There seems to be some... I, I don't know. It, it seems to be one of them that's kind of been seized on and then become a thing that like everyone Remember, Yeah, like a bit of a Mandela effect. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so where was it? I... You did a lot of digging on this, didn't you? Because you said to me stuff like saying, I can't find this quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I put it on Twitter. I was like, I mean, not to, just kind of doubting my senses a little bit of like, yeah. you, know, you would think, uh, given how preposterous that was, that there would be like a lot of information about it. People would be like, oh, I remember this ridiculous decision that was uh, was given by a referee and then one of the weirdest explanations that we've ever heard for anything. But yeah. barely anything on it online. Um major hat tip to uh john ashdown who is a blade who works for the guardian who very generously sent me some uh newspaper clippings from around that time um with some quotes from styles very few of which had the word intent in it um to the extent where it makes you wonder if it was kind of misinterpreted or misheard yeah. or something um so what was this report uh says, I saw the Sheffield player come in and there was slight contact with Steven Gerrard. Moving at that pace, it threw him off balance and he lost the opportunity to score, so I came back for the penalty. I thought there was contact, but even if there wasn't, tripping or attempting to trip is an offence. Now, there's a few things to pull out of that. The first of all is uh, the Sheffield player coming. Yeah, yeah, I've had to mention that, yeah. Which is hilarious. Um, I don't want to say indefensible, but, you know, Chris Morgan was our captain. He was fairly well-known, I would say. He was quite distinctive-looking, you know. <laughs> he, you know, he'd been a... He, I mean, he'd been a footballer at the top level of, uh, the you know, the championship level for... Yeah, he was in the Premier League for Barnsley at one point as well. Yeah, he, he was known, weren't he? Even if it was just for being a bit of a dirty yeah. player. Yeah, so very unfortunate uh, description there of the Sheffield player... Um, I, I mean, like to call Steven Gerrard full name, you know. Well, yeah, but this is another thing I think has got rewritten a little bit in people's minds is that there's this, <laughs> and a few people have tweeted me this, but there's this idea that uh, Styles called him Stevie G in this quote, <laughs> which I saw the Sheffield player come in and there was slight contact with Stevie G is how some people remember it. And I mean, that is hilarious. There's, you know, I, I really doubt that happened, to be honest. And that, that doesn't crop up in any 
No, I, I hope that's true, but I just don't think it is. I'm going to pretend it is, though, from now on. <laughs> Everyone I see, I'm going to mention that. <laughs> they will, and I'm, look, I'm not, uh, I, I don't mean this as a slight on people who <clears throat> who claim this, but there will be people who genuinely remember him saying Stevie G, even mm. if he probably didn't, just because sands of time and yep. not that much information about this. Uh, you know, you can't, it's, it wasn't easy to go back and find the clip about it. Because I do remember him being interviewed. I remember a video of Styles being interviewed about yeah, it afterwards. yeah. And that's why I want to just pick up on this other point uh, that was in that quote. And he says, even, uh, da, da, da. I thought there was contact, but even if there wasn't, tripping or attempting to trip is an offence. At some point, I think that attempting got misinterpreted or misheard mm. as intending to trip. Yeah. Um, somebody sent me a, oh, I'm really sorry, I've, uh, I've lost your name in my mentions, but um, I think it was James Clark, actually. He sent me a link to um, a, a write-up about uh, how... Uh, attempting to foul, if you like, or attempting to tackle can still be penalised. Mm. And that quoted uh, match of the day, sort of mishearing, attempting, and 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 playing it off as intending. And oh, then, right, that makes and, sense, yeah. And then going on a big big rant about it. Um, there was a thing in the mirror a week later saying, I tried to play the advantage, but once didn't score, I had to give the penalty. The rule is that there, if, if there is intent, then it is a foul, which is, I don't know, it's... It's a strange one. I did watch. Uh, I managed to dig out the uh, Premier League years. Uh, who sent me this? Just to make sure. I, yeah, Kieran eighteen eighty nine sent me this one, um, and I was able to dig out the Premier League years thing where he Styles' interview appears on that. And what he says on that is that tripping or attempting to trip in the law, if the actions of the Sheffield United player caught Stephen Ger- caused Stephen Gerrard to trip, then it's still a uh, well, he says a penal offence. I'm not sure that's the right word. Yeah, an offence that can be penalised. But yeah. Tripping or attempting, not tripping or intending. So, I don't know. But then, of course, Warnock, Warnock seized on this. And, <laughs> you know, classic Warnock rant, which, again, this makes me think, like, uh, this has just been twisted out of context and, and possibly misremembered. Because the more Warnock talks about it, the more bizarre layers to events he adds. I mean, his, his quotes after the... He goes on that brilliant... Well, I say brilliant a classic Warnock rant afterwards where um, he says, there's no way that's a penalty. He's given advantage, if there is any. He's given everything. That wouldn't have happened anywhere else, would it? And like, <laughs> what are you on about? What do you mean it wouldn't have happened anywhere else? It was a Bramall Lane. It wasn't like it was a, it wasn't an Anfield or Old Trafford. Like, I don't I don't think even he knew what he was saying. And then, he was just just angry, very angry. Yeah, and then he, he, you know, he comes up, he's interviewed about it again later on. This, this is all in the season review video. And it, it crops up again where he's... You know, he sort of mentions again, he's like, well, you know, the referee's just making stuff up, isn't he? And, you know, he's, he's talking about intent to foul and things like this. And I just think, like, if, if you just if you just heard what you want to hear or believe what you want to believe and yeah. it's stuck in your head and then and we all kind of accept it at the time of like, yeah, you know, did it say that he intended to foul him? And yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah. just the Premier League. They don't it's want to It's interesting one though, isn't it? Because obviously you ask any United fan about that. Oh my God. And I said it myself. Yeah. He said he intended to foul him and it, it seems like he didn't actually say it. He didn't actually say that in the interview. Yeah, I was so certain he did, and maybe he still did, but um, I put quite a bit of time into this, and crowdsourced as well, as you can see, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I was not presented with uh, super convincing evidence that um, it actually happened. Yeah. Um, do you know, interesting, Rob Styles was uh, hounded out of football um, a couple of years later after controversially giving a penalty against Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> the next season, that was... Karma, uh... what goes around. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so that was that was the first game of the season. There we go. I spent a fair bit of time talking about that. Um, I do remember feeling pretty upbeat about it. And by the way, if you if you are utterly convinced that um, Styles said that uh, uh, the Sheffield player intended to foul Stevie G, then um, show me the money, show me some evidence because uh, I've searched and couldn't find it. So. Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you can correct me with some actual evidence. That would be really good. Uh, I remember feeling pretty upbeat after that draw, as you said, even with the frustration of the uh, strange, very strange penalty decision. Uh, little did I know at the time that I'd seen uh, the, the last goal we would score for uh, about a month, yeah, <laughs> which, is, yeah, uh, which became yeah. a theme with the Blades um, very much through the season and is a big reason why we got relegated in the end. Yeah, um, I went to... Quite a lot of games, I've realised here. I went to our first five games of the season. I had a season ticket, um, but I was living in London at the time. Um, so we had two London aways coming up. Spurs on a Tuesday night, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I went to that. We were so outclassed. Two and all down in about 20 minutes, I think, weren't we? Yeah, Berbatov uh, on his debut and... I th- I think Robbie Keane got the other I think it was Genus. It was Genus, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, two nil down after 17 minutes. Um, utterly outclassed in that game. I mean, it was... To be honest, I was a little bit embarrassed. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like we were going to go and get something from Spurs hugely, but no. I thought we'd put up a bit more of a show, and they really coasted the rest of the game and yeah. could easily have scored more. Um, next, a few days later, Fulham away, which is always a great away game. I, I, I constantly want us to get Fulham in the cup because um, I've never yeah. been to Fulham actually. It's, uh, it's it's a great one to go to if we uh, yeah. if we end up playing them again in the uh, not too distant future. Um, unfortunately, another goalless showing from the Blades and a 1-0 defeat. Uh, Jimmy Bullard with an absolute beauty of a yeah. free kick, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and he also, yeah, he also uh, cracked the bar from about 30 yards um, late on in that one as well. I, do you know, I don't remember us having a chance of note in this game. Well, I remember the atmosphere being really like positive and, and upbeat from United fans. But I was at Leeds Festival that, that day when we uh, lost to Fulham and I was listening to the radio like uh, back at the, the tent and it just kept going and it said Sheffield United are putting so much effort into this. He goes like, the, if they if they survive this season, it'll be down to this effort, but there is such little quality. And I always remember him saying that. I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to... Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point, we've got Montgomery and Ledger Wood starting in central midfield. Tong, who, as we talked on previous pods, is his peak, probably, his career peak, probably came a couple of seasons before that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then... Um... Yeah, I'm assuming Jagielka. Jagielka might have been... Jagielka centre-half, uh, Bromby right-back right and back. Armstrong on the left wing. Yeah, Bromby at right-back, who I don't think had played there ever before in his uh, until the season before. I think Morgan said that in, in the um, one of our own podcasts, and he? he was sort of shoved mm-hmm. to right-back because someone else got injured. Um, they were always centre-half at Wednesday, weren't they? Yeah, I thought he was all right, actually, at right-back. Like, he's, no, he's I another thought he was a decent at... player, Bromby. He was seven out of yeah. ten, weren't he, most weeks? Yeah, I'd say, say in that kind of range and a uh, big old throw on him as well. Got to yeah. love that. Although I don't remember us actually using it that season at all. Um, mm. Next home game. Do you know, I was on holiday in Cornwall and I got a train back in the morning to get back to Sheffield for a nil-nil draw with Blackburn Rovers. It doesn't, doesn't sell the whole story at all, does it? That it, one? It, it doesn't at all. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to take the lead on that? Yeah, well, obviously, I thought we played all right in this game again. Yeah. Uh, Blackburn at the time were bottom of the league, by the way. They had a really poor start to the season. I think it was one we thought we can win this. Remember Robbie Savage getting booed all match? And um, we, we actually played all right, and then they got a pen pretty much against the run of play. You know, like, oh, here we go. Brilliant save from Paddy. Then, obviously, we get a pen. Both our pens were a bit 
Mm, I don't know if you agree with this. I thought the second one was all right. Yeah, um, possibly with handball. I think the first one it was just. Oh, a bit sorry. Unhappy. I thought you meant. I thought you meant the technique of shooting. Sorry, no. I'm on about like the the uh, the actual giving of the pens. Oh, the first one is uh, ah so soft in it. Yeah, um, and I think the second one's you know you, you wouldn't have really complained if you hadn't given that neither. But yeah, two. I mean, Unsworth were a good penalty taker as we as we later found out. Uh, I was really confident when he stepped up, but you look at the video back, he doesn't actually look that confident. It's a, it's a crap penalty for it him. Is, it's it so, is. So weak, such a weak shot. For someone who, I mean, yeah, nicknamed Rhino, and he, he generally did put his foot through it, didn't he, mm, whenever he yeah. got the opportunity. But this is like just a pass, like a sort of waist height, nowhere near the corner, and yeah, Friedel saved it easily. Um, yeah, that first, so this is Mike Dean refereeing. Um, yeah. And I, do, I do actually, watching the video back, I do remember thinking like, when he gave a penalty to Blackburn in the first half, just being like, "Are you?" Uh, it would have been the second half one, excuse me. Um, yeah, that's right, because it was uh, towards the cop in the second half. Um, just thinking like, are you having a laugh? You know, it's, it's our second home game. It's another ridiculously soft penalty given to the opposition in front of their fans. Because it, it was a soft one for them as well, I thought. The, yeah, uh, the it was. Award. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. then Paddy, Paddy made a great save. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, this, the theatrics around... The uh, penalty that that he gave to us the first one. So we, I think we had a corner, didn't we? And yeah. I think it's Hulse and uh, is it Kizash Kizanishvili? I'll, I'll let you say it. I'm not sure, but yeah, <laughs> I do, he does warn him before he says. He does like, warn you know, him. Yeah. yeah, and then Hulse just like continues to run into him, and there's a bit of contact, but there's there's hardly out, and Hulse falls over, really sells it, and Dean does that sort of classically Mike Dean, like, theatrical point to yeah. the penalty spot, like, I told you, now here's your punishment. You yeah, some of that. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Unsworth, Unsworth steps up, has it saved, um, and then the second one, I think it's Lucas Neal, with a, a questionable handball, I would say, like, goes to control it with his chest, and it sort of hits him on the upper arm kind of area. Yeah, Mark Hughes goes mad. And the sidelines. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can remember when that was in the game. It must have been late on, surely. I think it was about five minutes to go. Yeah, this time Hulse, the uh, who is at this point the uh, scorer of our only goal of the season. Yeah, this, this is this goes now is one goal in four matches. Yeah, steps up, uh, goes to Friedel's left. This actually is a good save by Friedel, yeah. I think. Quinn's bounce... follow up. I always look at oh. that thing. Oh, get something behind it. <laughs> I, I I still think that's going in. It's it's because he scuffs it. If he gets yeah better contact on it, he definitely scores because he sends it back the other way. Yeah. Um, but Friedel gets up and makes a comfortable save. And I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen us miss two penalties in a game. I, I don't know if uh, we must have done it another time. I'm sure, but I can't think of it. Can you? No, I can't. I can't. Uh, I think I think Devlin might have missed what two actually and what. Uh... I was about to just about to say that against QPR. He... Yeah. He missed one. We retook it because I think encroachment or something, and then he missed it again. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then he missed he, it again. <laughs> yeah, a seventeen-year-old Peter Crouch played in that one for QPR. That's amazing. Uh, very Great strange. Stuff. He was a very strange-looking person then. Yeah. Uh, he had blonde, floppy curtains and was. Obviously I remember him playing player. around that time. You, you, he never looked like a footballer, did he? No, but uh, went on to be very, very successful and popular as well. I like Peter Crouch, but anyway, have we got to that? Oh yeah, missing penalties. Um, but yeah, that was just like I, th- I think at that point I was thinking like we we are in serious trouble here. We haven't we've just missed two penalties. We haven't scored. 
Fulham and Blackburn is not the most difficult opponents to play back to back. I and disagree with that. I remember oh, coming no. out after, and I, I remember going to the pub, but maybe it's the the folly of youth. But I remember thinking, <laughs> we're not actually doing too bad. We're not getting hammered. You know, we should have won that game. Reading next at home, we can do them. <laughs> yeah, Reading who went who had a brilliant season, didn't they? I think it was yeah, like yeah. eighth or something like that. Um, obviously, got promoted with us the previous year, winning the championship. Montgomery underwent surgery just for this game. Uh, I don't think it was too. I think he had like a bone spur or something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't super serious, and he was back in the team within what's that? Within a month or so, two two months, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this Reading game, uh, <laughs> we conceded so early. It's not even on the season review video. Did you notice I'm, this? I missed it myself. Uh, I, this was my <laughs> heavy drinking. But I'm not Oliver Reed. It makes me sound like. You know, <laughs> Yeah, this is like when I were. Uh, I used to go to the games, and we didn't get into the games, and like until five minutes after, because uh, we used to spend too much time in the pub and stuff before. But I, I missed that goal. I missed Tottenham's goal against as well at home, because they scored after about thirty seconds. But I yeah. remember that Reading game. We could have been literally five 0 down at half time. Yeah, we were just completely outclassed. Though, which is in- just incredibly frustrating when you, you know, I've talked about it. Uh, well, we both have this this season about how you, you can't help but measure yourself against the teams you got promoted with and yeah. how they're doing. And this is like, obviously Reading finished uh, like, well, like 16 points ahead of us or something like that the season before. But uh, it was so, so frustrating to be like, they're just so much better than us. Like, Ian they... Benny pulled two unbelievable saves off. Kenny were injured for that game. Benny came in and pulled two really good saves off. Yeah, so we won nil down after, I think it was 10 seconds or 12 mm. seconds, something like that. Yeah, um, and I believe two nil down. Yeah, two nil down at half time. Uh, Hull Hull scored. We scored a goal. Yay! So yeah, yeah this, that's it. Two goals from five games, both from Rob Hulls. But we, I don't remember us really having. We a took Unsworth to... off at half time, and that that was the last league game he played for us as well. Uh, was it interesting? Mm. So what I, happened? He, he didn't come back to owners at least. No, no, that was a perfectly uh, legitimate decision. Wasn't it? <laughs> um, so what happens with our left back then? Was that sort of? We, this is when we put Armstrong back to left back because Armstrong right. was at that point of playing left wing every game. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we went to the Emirates next. Uh, I did you know this is some of my early forays into uh, <clears throat> illegal streaming, uh, and I, I think yeah, I remember watching this on like super crappy picture quality and uh wow we actually got to half time nil nil in this game do you know arsenal had not won at the emirates at this point um at least in the league is that right I'm, this is one of my worst memories of the premier league season this because i always remember i didn't go to the match and putting final score on it had been at the end and warnock's on the pitch See, the big thing comes up arsenal three sheffield united nil the biggest smile on his face i have ever seen sort of so waving true. at the fans pump like punching the air I was like, what are you doing? Like, we've just lost. I'm not expecting to go to the Emirates and win, but we just we just look so small time after yeah. that game. I remember being genuinely angry with him, saying, "We've just got Emirates three 0 Like, and he's on the pitch smiling and waving at people, and forget his lad on the pitch with him and stuff like that. And then after banging on and on, like in two programs before that as well about his, this is my 1,000th game as a boss. Like, I don't care. Yeah, no, it's it really. Just not the attitude you want, really, from a manager, is it? But yeah, it was. Uh, they, they'd won a, quali- a Champions League qualifier the month before, but their previous yeah, couple of home games drawn with Villa, drawn with Borough, and then we we rock up and uh, get spanked three nil, nice and easy. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, not uh, not one. I just think the contrast between him and Wilder. We, we lose to two nil to Liverpool, and some people might say Wilder were too harsh then, but. He's saying like it's not good enough and blah blah. I remember Walnut saying, "Oh, what a what a day out we've had," 
And it just made us look like, and I know that's part of the psychology of getting, you know, taking the pressure off your players and stuff. But I remember thinking, like, it's almost like you're not taking it seriously in a weird way. It's it's really hard not to feel like we just jacked in some of these away games. Yeah, we did. Like, yeah, just like forget it. Like, what's the, we're not even going to try particularly. And he, um, he never learned from that. He did that every time he went over QPR and Cardiff as well. I remember like that when they played Man City the season before, well, it had been last season, weren't it? And he said something along the lines, like, we've got City, so I'll probably just play you team for that. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. And you're just like, well, I mean, all right, you're probably not going to win, but it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? Well, just like, oh, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe your players will improve playing against better, team, like better teams and learn something. And, anyway. and he did it every time. He always used to say... We're not going to get anything against the top six, so we're not bothered with that. Obviously, we did end up beating Arsenal, you know, this season. Which, but even if you look at, the, we'll get on to that. But if you look at the yeah. team for that game, it were almost like he wanted to lose. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely mention that when we get round to it for sure. Um, we did beat Berry in the League Cup uh, just before this game, actually, the Arsenal game, I think. Uh, Nardes' first goal for the club, a lovely strike as well uh, to get us through to. Mm. The uh, next round of the League Cup, uh, we did not care about the Cups this season at all, which will no. become very, very apparent in future games. Um, Alan Wright played in the Arsenal game, it says here. He, well, yeah, he's one, he's one, one, he didn't play in the season before at all. He came back into this game and then he never never played again. I was really surprised he was even still with us. It's just incredible. I always remember Keith Edwards listed on the radio and he was saying, I thought he'd, I thought he'd gone, I thought he'd... Didn't realise he was still playing for us. I remember, I remember like this team coming out and said, "Alan, is he is he still here, Alan Wright?" And then he I never just, played again after that. I just don't understand our team at all. If you look at, I'm just, I've just got the team sheet up for the Arsenal away game now. And uh, do you know, I don't think we mentioned Claude Davis actually. I think that's something I missed him. Oh um, yeah, the, the record signing Claude Davis. No record signing no, from Preston, I believe. We spent like three million on him. Three million, yeah, record signing at the time. Yeah, central defender. I thought he was. Okay, at best. Um, he could have probably, got better for his money, I thought. Yeah, the, probably the best thing I can say about Claude Davis is that we did get our money back. Um, somebody, was it yeah. Derby spent three million on him the next season? Which was like, yep, thank you. Very yeah, we much. got money back from him somehow. Yeah, yeah. and that's, well, that's the Derby team that finished the lowest number of points as well. <laughs> so this the starting lineup uh, against Arsenal. You got Ian Bennett in goal. So all right, good keeper, but second choice at that point. Claude Davis, Jagielka, David Semey, Chris Armstrong, Ledgetwood, Alan Wright, Derek Geary, and then Kazim Richards, Holson, Gillespie. That is a lot of defenders and a yep. lot of full-backs. We played Ledgetwood, Gillespie and Armstrong as a midfield three. <laughs> Two of them have never have never been central midfielders, and the other one's Ledgetwood. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, let's move on. Let's yeah. <laughs> not talk about that anymore. Um, first win of the season, it finally arrived. And again, I would contrast this with uh, just how great this season's been and how we had to wait precisely two games to get our first win of the season yeah. in, uh, in 1920. Because this is all the way to the end of September, game number seven, Middlesbrough at home. And uh, a, a great moment. It was, uh, yeah, by... Um, so by injury time in this game, still only Rob Hulse had scored for us all season <laughs> by the seventh game, which is just like, oh my God. But I do remember his being quite good in this one. Hulse gave us the lead with a nice counter-attack, a uh, good, good bit of play from uh, CKR, and then he, he did well to... It kind of scuffs his finish, but basically just uh, almost bounces it over the goalkeeper, doesn't he, Mark yeah. Schwartz? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yakubu equalizer. What a player he was, by the way, Yakubu. Yeah, I love watching him play. He's just a big, 
solid physical fast strike. Had it all, didn't it? Like, yeah, yeah really, really good striker. He just terrible well ball, in. by the way, to concede that. It's just a punt over the top, and he's just clean through. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. It was, it was even watching it again. I was like, how have they just cleared it? And he's in on goal, but and just like well. at this point, obviously one-one, we could have obviously we've not won yet. It's getting a bit squeaky bum time even by this stage. And in fairness, I'd like to praise Warnock here for once. He put um, Cabba and Weber on for Quinn and Kazim Richards, and we did go for it big time in that final like fifteen minutes of that game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, there must have been. I suppose from his point of view, it must be like we have to, and Nardi as well. By the way, was on. Oh yeah, Nardi. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, so we had basically like four up front. Yeah, we all three subs were strikers. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it, probably a little bit of like ooh, if we don't win this game. We're in trouble. That's quite a good Middlesbrough team, by the way, looking down. Yeah, it was, yeah. Schwarzer in goal, Woodgate, uh, Rockenback was decent. Southgate's was... first season as well. Ah, it didn't last very long, did it? No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, what happened to him? They must have um, got the year after, actually, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I think they finished about 15th this season. They were pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty comfortably safe in the end. Um, I think we're heading into like the 93rd, 94th minute at this point. Ball gets cleared. Jagielka, uh, in a throwback to um, a couple of seasons before, brings it down on the chest and just wellies it in from 30 yards. This like bouncing volley, which I was perfectly in line with on the cop. Uh, one of my one of my favourite Blades goals. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. It's like it's like something you do in a you know in a park or something with your mates. You know, yeah. like, go on, just have a go. Why, why the hell not? Eh? Just take it down on your chest and just smash it. Um, you know, when you sort of think back, it's like, what is he doing? You know, obviously at that point he had no, apart from the Leeds goal, like what was that four years before? Yeah, yeah, no, no, his Rangers certainly not. Um, but yeah, just uh, just it flew in, and yeah, great, great to get that first win. I remember thinking, like, you know, here we go now. That's hopefully that'll lift us up the table a little mm. bit. Maybe we can start to pick up. And we should say at this point, you know, we played played four home games, and we only got only had one defeat. Um, so it, kind of feeling like uh, home, you know, if our home, home form can kind of keep going, maybe that'll be yeah. uh, enough. And and to be fair, we were very very good at home. That we're year, really relative. good at home. We have one of the best home records in the league, really. I mean, obviously not compared to the top six, but uh, far better than the teams at the bottom with us. Yeah, just our away form was uh, absolute bobber, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, so it was a, a great great goal by Jags. I mean. Still one of my favourite players at, at that point, certainly. So it was uh, amazing seeing him crack that one in. And yeah, yeah it's just the, the surprise factor of it as well, I think. It was, uh, yeah, fantastic strike. Um, that did take us out of the relegation zone. Um, we went above Spurs, if you can believe it, who were having a shocking start to the season. Um, although, yeah, they did manage to beat us. So, um, yeah, two teams below us did have a game in hand. So I think it was a bit of a temporary reprieve at yeah. that point. Uh, a nil-nil draw at Man City, our first away point. I don't remember very much about that game at all. Probably remember Rob all sitting in the bar with a bicycle kick, and that it. <laughs> you know, we hit the woodwork a lot this season. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the exact count, but I think it was about ten or eleven times. I do remember fixating on that quite a lot at the end of the <laughs> season when when one goal became very important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next away game, uh, Everton, a two-nil defeat. Um, another game that was over very quickly I think mm. um, even more so because uh, our buddy Dermot Gallagher sent off Claude Davis yeah. for a penalty uh, looks a bit soft to me on that it, well, yeah I don't think it's ever been a sending off uh, and when you think about this one goal stuff 
Yeah. You know, you never know, do you? I mean, you keep 11 men on the... We probably saw loss, but could have been 2-1, you stay up. Yeah, that is uh, indeed all it would have taken. Um, yeah, that was uh, that made it 2-0, BT with a penalty, and then Davis is obviously out for three games after that. Um, Chelsea at home was next. And we, we got hammered by... Uh, yeah, Birmingham in the cup. Uh, yes. I went to that. I don't know why I went to that, because it was quite obvious that we were going to lose. <laughs> Yeah, it was a 4-2 though, it was entertaining. It was you, okay, Akinbaye scored, which is a rare <laughs> As did Nick Montgomery from 20 yards. Yeah, brilliant goal from Monte, captain for that. I think our first time he was captain for us. I don't think I ever scored, saw Montgomery saw, score a goal in... Uh, I don't know why I found that so hard to say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I ever saw him score a goal in the flesh, so... Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're, I'm trying to think. think you're you're a, uh, mm, that is, I'll, I'll have to think about that. That's a good one. I, mean, I obviously went to this game, so I saw him in this, but I'm wondering if I ever saw it in a league game. Hmm. Only if you went to every single game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he got nine things. goals by this point, actually, in his career for us. So. Wow. Well, he did start out as a dynamic winger. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You should remember that. Um, Chelsea at home. Um, they were on their third choice goalkeeper at this point. I don't know if you remember this. Yes, I do. Hel- Hel- what was his name? Hilario. 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 Yes, hilarious. Hilarious, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was a complete unknown to English football, I think, unless you're a super super football nerd or something. I'd never, I'd never yeah. heard of him, certainly. Um, why were they down to their third choice keeper? Because Reading had uh, semi accidentally massacred their yeah, first two choice Yeah, we were not involved in that, if you remember, at the time, in a, in a big way. It was very vocal that Stephen Hunt meant to do it. Oof, interesting. Yeah, uh, at the time, he, he, everyone was like saying, well, you know, I think Mourinho were, were upset about what had happened. Uh, he, he thought they were intent there. And then Warnock just sort of waded into the argument, which I imagine sort of sowed the seeds a little later on for when what happened at the Reading game. Mm. Yeah, Warnock has some real beef with Reading. He says it in the review, actually, that um, you know, says, well, I always, seem to, I always seem to get in trouble down at Reading, don't I? But he says uh, in his book he was talking about he, he hates Wally Downs absolutely hates Wally Downs. Uh, yeah, criticizing so I think it's more to do with that, you know, than any like couple or anything like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, what happened? Stephen Hunt had uh, need check in the head. That was the origin of uh, Petr Cech's head protector, of course. Uh, and Kudicini also got injured in that game. They ended with J- uh, John Terry in goal, I think. Really? Um, Chelsea. Yeah. So yeah, basically they come into this game with a complete unknown in goal. So you're thinking like, right. Here we go. We got a chance now. Nah, we didn't really have a chance, did we? Um, but we did miss a penalty. We did miss a penalty. Nil, nil as well. Yeah, this was, uh, and I feel like this was very similar to the Mike Dean one against Blackburn, where yeah, just uh, tugging in the area in a, uh, from a corner, and they've been warned again. I can't remember who it was, um, and yeah, gave a penalty. Danny Weber surely is going to beat their third choice goalkeeper. I think it was Danny Weber, wasn't it? This is a terrible penalty. Yeah, it was Danny Weber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is. So what is that? It's our third penalty this season. We've had a. Th- I know we've missed them all, but the fact we're on our third penalty taker, yeah, and we we didn't have the sort of balls to be like, no, you're our first choice penalty taker. <sighs> I don't care that you've missed one. You are taking our penalties. Yeah. So Holtz and Holtz uh, went on the pitch. In fairness to him, in that game, so ah. that, that was his last one. But Holtz had obviously just missed one. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean. We obviously didn't practice them. It seems that way anyway. But that that were a terrible pen. I think. I mean, again, it's another one. We needed one goal all season yeah. to stay up. So I know. Um, so that was that was at nil nil. Missed that. Uh, Lampard wanged in a free kick from a long way out, which 
Oh, dear me. What is Paddy Kenny doing from this one? I mean, I, I think Kenny had a good season for us and we needed him many, many times. Yeah, we didn't, he, he put we some didn't... amazing saves off, yeah, but he also did two he, or three things. I, do you know what sums him up, Paddy Kenny? That game against, when he was QPR, played QPR against Man City, the, the Aguero match. Yeah. He pulled an amazing amount of saves off and then just did, like, a ridiculous mistake. He, he just sort of... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was concentration or whatever, but yeah, he always had a mistake in him, but he was also capable of pulling saves off that, you know, most other keepers could never pull off. Yeah, indeed. But this free kick from Lampard, it's just hit straight down the middle from 30 yards and uh, and Kenny sort of inexplicably just dives to his right out the way of the ball and it goes in. Um, yeah, uh, n- not good at all. Um, yeah. 2-0 was uh, Michael Ballack, I think, in the second half. Yeah, that was game over, weren't it, after that? Yeah, it really was, This is the yeah. game where the... the I don't know. There's, there's no... I've never seen any evidence that this were actually said, but is apparently Frank Lampard said Nick Montgomery were the hardest player that he came up against all season mm. in this game. I do remember uh, that, actually, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that footage or anything like that, but apparently that's what he said. Montgomery came on as a sub quite early on in that game, but... Interesting. It was also the game where uh, Mourinho really bigged us up afterwards. And, yeah. Uh, when I read this back, I wonder if he was uh, taking the mick a bit. But I think I'm pretty sure he was being sincere. But he said, uh, yeah. it, it, "Places like this are the soul of English football. The crowd is magnificent." Saying "f off, Mourinho," and so on. Um, which I, I do remember being like, "Yeah, go on then, Jose. You're, you're all right. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll allow that." Um, then we went to Newcastle and got our first away goal of the season. Which is and insane. I've... That is mad. That yeah, that's our first. Well, I mean, what month are we in here? Let me have a quick November. Look. November. Yeah. And we've got his first goal. In the sixth <laughs> away match. I said, it's mad. Madness. Yeah. Well, we only scored eight all season, I think, didn't we? Away yeah. from home. Um, and here was here was the first. Uh, a 1-0 win for the Blades. Danny Webber with a... a what a great... Great move this was. You've got to shout out Montgomery here, throwing it back to those early days as a right winger. A great little turn in midfield, and then he goes on a 30-yard run and just per- plays this perfect cross for Webber to to head in uh, in front of the United fans. Um, I mean, Newcastle were a, a bit of a mess at that point. Yeah, I like Newcastle been a bit of a mess. Three, I think after this game, they, they were a massive protest at that match. This must be before Mike Ashley as well, isn't it? This yeah, we were uh, John Hall. Uh, John, oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, just, Newcastle seem to have been... You know, when you look back, Newcastle have actually been a mess for about 20 yeah, years, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Despite well, this, having... this was the year before they appointed uh, Sam Allardyce. Uh, and if you remember, that went badly as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, somehow Sunderland have kind of outdone them for sheer drama, but they're... Uh, yeah. yeah, a bit of a, bit of a mess in the northeast. But anyway, yes, a uh, an away win. Oh, Sweet relief and a second win of the season, of course. Um, Little quiz question for you about Newcastle, by the way. Do you know Glenn, Glenn Roder was the manager for this game and he got fired uh, in May? Do you know who the caretaker manager was? Uh, I don't. I was going to say John Carver, but that was much later. Go on. Nigel Pearson. Oh, really? I never realised that. Yeah, Nigel Pearson took over for uh, only a week until Sam Allardyce <laughs> came in. But yeah, he was, he was caretaker manager. Anyway, nice. just, yeah, I've just, just seen that myself. Looked quite interesting. <laughs> Good bit of knowledge. Uh, we had Bolton at home next. We came back from two 0 down to draw two all. Um, Another game where we could have been six down at half time. 
Yeah, do you know, I remember this game being really windy and the <laughs> first goal basically came from us completely misjudging a long pass and uh, El Haji Duf. Horrible. One of the... <laughs> one of the least popular players in the Premier League, I suppose. Um, His celebration scored. went through me and made me feel sick. Anyway. <laughs> Do you want to describe it for people? No, I don't, actually. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so you put him 1-0 up. Uh, a 20-yarder from Kevin Davies made it 2-0 in the second half. I remember everyone being fuming because he cheered when he scored. <laughs> supposed to be a blade. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, 2-0 down. We, we came back. Hulse uh, powered one in from, I think it was from Ledgerwood. Yeah, it was, yeah. Time, actually. Um, and then a, an amazing goal from Kazim Richards. Um, a, you know, quite a unique goal, I think. You know, I still, I've watched a lot of football in my time, but I don't remember many goals quite like this where... No. Ba- no. So basically, uh, Yaskaline and the Bolton keeper comes out and sort of semi-clears it and then he's off his line. Nade lays it out wide and... The obvious thing to do from where Kazim Richards is, is is to send it into the box to cross it. But instead, with you know, I don't think he, I don't feel like he can see the goal because there are defenders in the way. Mm. Instead, he just swerves it around the defenders and into the empty net. And it's it's an astonishing goal, honestly. Like a brilliant bit of um, I don't know foresight really to even try it, like audacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, and he definitely. You know, meant, I mean, at the time, I think you're thinking, did he mean that? And then you watch it back, and he, he quite clearly meant it. Definitely meant it. Yeah, that's not. I don't no. think that's up for debate. Yeah, just a, a fantastic finish. Really, really classy moment. And yeah, good to, um, you know, you, suddenly you're like, oh, four points in two games. So maybe things are, are looking up a little bit. Um, I, did, I did note this down, actually. But there's so many times where we score a goal and Warnock looks so angry. Like, <laughs> like, just enjoy it a little bit, please. Like, he sort of, he always like reacts like a fan for about a second. Yeah. And then it's like he has to like flick the switch of like, no, I am angry, serious manager. Yeah, he points to his head a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, really? he does, yeah. Um, and that's another one rather than uh, reveling in the moment, I suppose. Um, so we had the Man U game next, but before that, a bizarre incident in United's history uh, involving Paddy Kenny. Mm. Uh, do you, I, mean, I actually forgot this was this season. Do you remember this? Do you know what? This is weird. I remember being quite happy that this... We were all over the papers and I was like, oh my God, we've made it. <laughs> <laughs> One of our players has had his eyebrow bitten off in a fight. It's all over the papers. Like they, We're like back page and stuff. We're like front page in uh, in, in certain Irish... Because this is the point where Kenny had got into the Ireland squad. and I think he was first choice for a little while. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, Shea right, gave him with the number one, but I think he must have had an injury. Yeah, he was, because Steve Harper were playing against us for Newcastle. So at this oh, yeah. point, Kenny was number one for Ireland, and then he did this, and, I, and he got dropped from the Ireland squad, actually, after it. We, we never picked for Ireland again for the rest of the season after this. Yeah, I'm going to quote here from the Irish Times. Uh, so Paddy Kenny involved in a brawl with a friend outside a restaurant in Halifax in the early hours of Monday morning. The incident resulted in Kenny having his left eyebrow bitten off sustaining bruising and swelling. How do you have you? I mean, I don't feel like this was ever properly interrogated. Have you bite someone's eyebrow off? I don't like, know. Can you, you actually do that without, you know, taking a chunk out of the head? This is what I mean. It don't even seem that... I mean, obviously it'd be painful, but why his eyebrow? You know what I mean? These... these, these hmm. Well, I don't know. I'd like to see the yeah. footage of it, see how that, <laughs> yeah, how that occurred. I'm not sure I would. I feel like question marks would probably be asked about is... Uh, Friend in a very comments. Who bites an eyebrow? Come on. I think uh, Warnock did say after he needs to sort out the people he's going out with. There's, there is a great quote from Warnock in this article, uh, which which 
It's so stupid. It really made me laugh. It's, I've told Paddy in the past not to go out in Halifax, and all of a sudden he is back out there. It's not a coincidence. He won't be going out in Halifax again. I'll be making my point clear to him on that. I love that. Like, just kids, avoid Halifax. Yeah, avoid Halifax. <laughs> it's not really like the fighting central of the world, is it? <laughs> not that I'm aware of. I mean, maybe there's some listeners from Halifax that can correct me on that, but I just thought that was... I mean, what a ridiculous thing. A player, a player gets his eyebrow bitten off, and, and Kenny's already... a. We talked about it before a slightly uh, unusual-looking goalkeeper, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, I think it was John Ashdown actually. It was. In, he was talking about um, the Forest playoff, and he did like a thing on. Um, it was an article on my favourite game, and it was that <laughs> that game. And he, he did mention that uh, I can't remember the exact phrasing he used, but he he described uh, Kenny as like um, a glitchy but prototypical sweeper keeper. Yeah, and it genuinely yeah. was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was an, an early glitchy version of what the modern goalkeeper has become. Maybe you know, minus the footballing ability, I suppose the passing. But that, I that think that's sort fair. Of, um... that, that's I, I used to like think, what is he doing when he come running out? But now it's 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 just what you do in there as a goalkeeper. Yeah, the amount of times I would have shouted like Paddy in terms of like come and get it. Yeah, like you know, whenever the ball went within like forty yards of our goal, half <laughs> um, line, he comes running out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I had, like I had pretty much total trust in him despite all the errors. I suppose. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happens, doesn't it? So even the best as uh, as Dean Henderson will uh, yeah will attest, I suppose. But anyway, Paddy got his eyebrow bitten off, and then we had uh, Manu at home next game. Um, did, another, did Kenny another insane team? This. Uh, United, you mean? Yeah, Sheffield United. Is it like, I, I mean, when Nicky Law made his debut, we had Derek Geary on the wing. I don't. What were we doing? <laughs> I don't. I don't really know. Kenny played in this one despite uh, yeah. his eyebrow incident. Yeah, uh, Alan Quinn. I don't feel like he'd started many games as well around this point. The Nicky Law one. I mean, what was that about? No idea. Honestly, this- he. he... What a, why? I mean, I think he was there to man-mark uh, skulls. I'm pretty sure that's, that's that what he was there for. But Montgomery were there. So, surely if anyone's going to man-mark anybody, it's Montgomery. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong team here, sorry. Uh, Montgomery... No, he wasn't in the team for that one, Monty. So oh, maybe was that he in, was sorry, my, I, I, oh, and he's on the bench. Sorry, that's... Yeah, I mean, what, no. what a big... Am I getting my look at the right yeah, one? If he's if on the bench, then yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah this is what I'm weird. saying. We've got Montgomery in the squad. Why not just play him? Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Nicky Law, who he's gone on to have a good career, but uh, you know, Rangers and Motherwell's the highest level he's played. Uh, yeah, Bradford, Bradford, and uh, he's at Exeter at the moment. He's played, yeah, he's had a he's had a good solid career. He played two um, games for us, which were this one and the one the next game, and that were it. We never saw him again. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a very strange selection and. Uh, we we somehow took the lead. Yeah, <laughs> in this game, which I believe was completely against the run of play. I remember celebrating with like complete incredulity. It's one of the few um, times I've celebrated a goal and laughed at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like enjoy it while it lasts because yeah. it's not going <laughs> to. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, we, we we yeah we got hammered. That's another game we could have been four or five one down at half time again. To be honest. Yeah, but Gillespie gave us the lead, heading the ball past Edwin van der Sar. Um, I think it was. I think Geary actually put in a mega cross. He did. For this yeah, one. he did. And uh, is a good header from Gillespie as well. Uh, but two Rooney goals um, gave Man United the win. Uh, Got to talk about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with an absolute Connor Salmon of a miss. What a shocker this was! Yeah, um, yeah all the uh, you know all the many videos on uh, YouTube of Ronaldo's greatest moments. This isn't in many of them, but uh, 
some I can't remember who it is. It might be Giggs or someone on the right wing. Like absolutely destroys whoever is playing left back for us at this point. And yeah. Cross comes into Ronaldo. He's about six yards out, and somehow skies over the bar. And I do remember like all of Bravo Lane being like, "Wait!" Like fully knowing that we'd lost the game, even though it was yeah, only two yeah, one. Yeah, there was yeah. no way we were going to get back into it. Um, so yeah, that was a, a funny moment, even if uh, another defeat, which I, I suppose possibly underlines a slightly touristy attitude around this season. I guess. Yeah. Um, West Ham away was another defeat. Uh, oh. Oh, this was annoying, this, this, wasn't it? This allowed goal from Kozlog. Yeah, add this to the list of things that probably should have gone differently. That um, it's ridiculous that that got disallowed. I mean, it was it was uh, right it was pretty much the last kick of the game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have given us a point. Um, I can't remember who it is, but Rob Green comes out and runs into a United player and sort of punches it straight to Kozlog, who can't believe his luck. And um, he literally can't believe it. He sort of cheers like. Oh my god, I've scored! <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's disallowed for a foul on Rob Green, which is so soft. I mean, it, it's just not a foul, is it? It's just nah. a terrible decision. Uh, Mike Riley, I believe, is a referee who would obviously—I think he still is like the head of whatever it is, the oh, head of referees. Yeah, thing yeah. It just, that that was just—it was nonsense. That I've been watching Sky for that one. Uh, Sky Gillette Soccer. Side. I always remember Paul Merson before saying. There's no way Sheffield United are going to stay up with a midfielder, Gillespie, Law, Ledgerwood, and Montgomery. And I'm like, no, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah, he did indeed have a point. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got another away win. Uh, in fact, this was a good little run, actually. Just this to is kind the best of, uh... of the season, I think, this. Yeah, this is as we head into December. Um, we get to Watford, which is very much a relegation six point. I think it was on a Monday night. It was certainly That's a night right, game. yeah, on Sky. One of the worst games of football I've probably ever been seen in the Premier League, to be fair. Atrocious, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I went to this, um, and yeah, it's, it was just... I mean, it wasn't even... A, it was a lower championship standard game, it I think. awful. It doesn't help that Watford's ground still looks like a bit of a mid-table championship team. It, the, the pitch yeah. were awful... I remember Gordon Strachan after they were talking about the quality of Scottish football. He was Celtic manager and he said, well, I watched Watford Sheffield United on Monday night and, you know, we're better than that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> bit of an harsh comment, but probably true because it was a really, really bad game. It was. But it was we, we deserved the win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was the start of uh, four games unbeaten with three wins in four. Um yeah, the I mean we you know we've bemoaned a few refereeing decisions and we certainly will through the rest of the this season as well. But the goal that we do score in this game, Weber is absolutely miles yeah. offside. I, I don't know what's happened. It's, I think it's um, I don't know. It's, someone gets a header in that hits the bar and Weber puts the rebound. It's more away, than I think with the header, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we hit the post twice in this game as well. When Narde, Narde and Hulse both hit the post. I think it was. Um, yeah, which as I say was a bit of a three theme. Through the season, uh, not yeah, that re- poor in this game. To be fair, he missed some. Yeah, should have scored both from really. Well, certainly had a. Yeah, um, but we got to win. Yay! So yeah. we chalk it up. And then uh, I remember the relief after that game. Though I do remember I watched it in a pub, and I remember yeah. like me and my mate were watching it. And we said we cheered obviously, and we're like I just oh, it's like a weight off my shoulder because we if we'd have lost that, even at that stage, we were looking. We'd have probably gone down straight. Done a Watford, you know. And yeah, they, they were that were it. They were rooted to the table, bottom table after that, all the way. Through. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I do feel that opened up a bit of a gap between them. Kind of like you can sort of chalk them off now. I think like was how I felt about it at the time. Yeah. I think um, we played another uh, relegation threatened team. I believe they were. Yeah, I feel like Charlton. Uh, Charlton went down. Yeah, they went they? down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a nice little run of fixtures. This uh, Watford, Charlton, Villa, Wigan. 
Um, we beat Charlton 2-0, uh, 2-1, excuse me, we were 1-0 down at half-time to uh, your mate Andy Reid. Yeah, Reed. brilliant. This is the game where I said, this guy's in- incredible. They were unbelievable. And they were awful, Charlton, really bad. We we battered them all game, and then we went 1-0 that, down. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, we were all over them again, all the way through the match. Yeah, finally got an equaliser, Chris Morgan, powering in a header from a corner, and then... Uh, Keith Gillespie with one of the better goals we scored this season and in many seasons really just mm. uh, wellying one in on the volley from the edge of the area fantastic strike and uh, yeah a very deserved win that one and uh, yeah two wins in a row feels good suddenly things are looking up and then um, Joe I don't remember too much about, I think I might have been on holiday during this game but we drew two all with Villa at home that was a frustrating uh, one Right, Stephen Quinn, uh, I should mention actually, Stephen Quinn made his first start for the Blades against Charlton. Yeah, the score with his very first touch ever in professional football with a volley that uh, yeah. saved. Uh... Foster in goal for Charlton, was it? Oh, you, you, you tested. No, uh, no, the other one, uh, Carson, sorry. I was be, yeah, Carson. that's more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're, oh, yeah, we're Carson, yeah. Yeah, I was just get Carson and Foster mixed up for some reason. Um, I was going to say, yeah, Stephen Quinn, um, really good this season, I thought. I yeah. thought he was... Genuinely one of our better players. I mean, that's what we're into. We're into December by this point where he gets in the team. Um, and yeah, looked you know looked a Premier League player, I thought. And as you say, very impressive first uh, first game there. And then he, he got his first goal for the club against Villa um, 10 days later. Mm. Uh, but it was a 2 all draw. So we what were we 1-0 down uh, and then 2-1 up. And then they equalised like two minutes after we'd scored. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so frustrating that. That's another one where you think, you hold on for five minutes, you probably win the game. Apparently, uh, we weren't very good in this game, uh, per the commentator. He was sort of saying... Yeah, um, first half, it's another first half. where we, I don't know why it is about first half this season, but we could have been like two or three down again uh, mm. in, the, in, the, in the first half. And then uh, we, we scored two fairly quick goals, actually, beginning of the second half. And then we let that silly goal in and... Yeah, and yeah. obviously the the game ended with Morgan being elbowed by Angel. Oh yeah, uh, and he wasn't even banned on retro, retro, yeah, retrospective evidence. Yes, which uh, <laughs> kind of uh, is cited by Warnock later on as like mm. slightly ridiculous. I suppose I should mention just quickly with the um, actually let's just quickly talk about Keith Gillespie just just to go back to the Charlton game a little bit. Um, you noted this down, and I was a bit surprised as well. Played ninety seven games for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had a good long career, and he was fantastic in this, particularly in this little patch, I thought. Yeah. His set pieces, his crossing, and then he scored that goal as well. Um, yeah, we. Well, how much should we pay for him? It wasn't much, free was transfer. it? Free transfer. He was a free transfer. He were actually, he'd been released at Leicester, and we had him on mm. trial, and then we signed him. He'd been on trial at Leeds, and uh, they didn't take him on. And then we, we had him on trial, and we signed, I think we signed him the day before the, the promotion season kicked off. And uh, he came mm. on as a sub and set a couple of goals that we his amazing crosses but yeah this this period like this december to january sort of period those two months he were fantastic by far our best player in those period yeah i uh i do i really liked him he was uh exciting i think i just have a uh a penchant a ponchon have you said that word for, yeah. uh, for attacking right wingers and he was very much in that um his goal against charlton by the way uh made the match of the day goal of the month contest which i think is Possibly the best ever month for that. Yeah. Um, it was won by Skulls for a, a volley from a corner at Villa Park, I think it was. Um, strongly recommend looking up the December Match of the Day Golden Month from uh, 2006. Yeah. yeah, some unreal strikes in that one. Um, we went to Wigan following this and uh, got another away win. Um, Hulse stabbed in what proved to be the winner. Um, 
we were given a penalty in this game, weren't we? Yeah, we were given a penalty at 1-0. Uh, the ref gave a pen and then talked to linesman, changed his mind. Didn't seem like much at the time because we still won. Again, that extra goal. Mind you, we look at judging those back with penalties. <laughs> we probably missed probably, it. So. Probably would have missed, yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh, Morgan getting elbowed by uh, Juan Pablo Angel in the Villa game. Mm. Well, he gets absolutely <laughs> smashed in the face by Lee McCulloch yeah. in the Wigan game. Um which I, I don't believe did McCulloch did get banned, didn't he? After that, I imagine I'm almost so. I, I, I've got no evidence for that, but I imagine he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, Morgan said afterwards that McCulloch could apologise, so we're just like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like uh, he got a lot of praise on the match of the day after all the the pundits. I can't remember it. Were like, oh, that's amazing. That's proper old fashioned football. Gets punched, gets up. Come on, uh, that's the highest we were all season. By the way, that after that Wigan game, we were fourteenth in the league. Beautiful, absolutely uh, rolling at that point. Yeah. Oh, I've got. Oh, I missed this. Uh, just quickly back to the Watford game. The goalkeeper for Watford was Richard Lee, and I don't. I remembered this, so I, I looked it up to get the get my facts right. But I don't know if you remember this. It was on Dragon's Den back in yeah, two thousand and six. I do remember this. Yeah. I remember saying, "What do you do for a living?" Well, I'm a professional footballer. I remember. I've never heard of you. And then you were a Premiership keeper a couple of seasons after that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and he managed to sell. 50% equity in his company, Dr. Cap, to Duncan Bannatyne for an investment of 150k. Very nice. Yeah. Although uh, I, I did see that it sort of fell through afterwards, but they don't tell you about that on the podcast. No, no, I think there's about one in every one million goes through, don't they, these sort of things on Dragon's Death. So. Exactly that. But it was a good tidbit. Um, all right, we're getting close to the end of the year now. We went to Portsmouth, uh, took the lead thanks to another Rob Hulse goal, but then got smoked. Uh, in the second half. We won a up at half-time, lost 3-1. Um, I don't remember anything significant about that game at yeah. all, apart from yeah. the whole score. Um, and we played Man City at home on Boxing Day, and yeah, I, 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 this was a bad loss, I think. It was. Because like Man City were not good at all that season. I, I don't know, where did they finish in the end? Uh, they finished 14th, four points ahead of us. But I think it was under Stuart Pearce. Yeah, it? yeah, they were a poor side. I think we'd have gone above oh, them win in this game, actually. Do you know, I mean, maybe you've got a table in front of you, but do you know how many goals they scored in their 38 games that season? I don't actually know. 29. Even worse than us. They were by far the lowest scorers in, the, excuse me, joint worst with uh, with Watford. Yeah. yeah, they were appalling that season. But they somehow managed to win 1-0. Um, with a, is it Joey Yeah, a bit of controversy in this game. Kozlo handballed it on the line, got away with it in the first half. Definite handball. Uh, and in the next programme, Warnock's furious because uh, Clattenburg was told at half-time, Clattenburg with the ref, got told at half-time that he'd made a mistake and, and missed the handball. Uh, and Warnock was then talking, said, said in the second half that meant that Clattenburg was favouring City all the way through. It's, it's just... I mean, that's, again, just classic Warnock, isn't it? Of like, we have a massive decision go in our favour and he spins it into, like, <laughs> yeah. into it being bad for us. Yeah. Just... I just, I mean, I can't remember if I wrote this down somewhere, but I just, with with all the conspiracy stuff that Warnock goes through, like, you can see why he's sort of, as it must be absolutely in his element in, like, 2018, 2019. Like, you can see why he's still relevant now. He must be yeah. browsing the Reddit conspiracy yeah, yeah, sub yeah. Oh, this, uh, this, constantly. This virus going around, I'm sure he'll be having all sorts of... Yeah, <laughs> controversial, controversial thoughts. Yeah. yeah, there's always there's always some underlying motive to everything that's happening. Apparently, uh, according Neil to him. Um, Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So we lost that one 1-0. Uh, Stephen Island, uh, Shin... You know, I found it quite unsettling, Stephen Island with hair. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on the video, actually, yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. It was, it, it was, it just looked wrong. It was almost as bad as Paddy Kenny with hair a few years later. Uh, they, they both looked like when they grew hair, like they had a wig on, like a really crap wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a scouring pad. Yeah, yeah. To the head. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, it was also moaning about Joey Barton not being suspended in this game. Yeah. Uh, because, but what was it, like, Barton had been, I can't remember, had been sent off or he got in a fight or something and he was banned after this he game. Back, yeah, he got back, he got sent off, I think, it might have been the game before or something. And because, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was, it, it fell on it, on it, because this was the Christmas period and stuff, I think yeah. he banned three days after or whatever it was. So he actually played in this game and, and missed the next game, where yeah. in, in any other time of the year, it would have been banned for this game. And Barton, yeah. at that point, were probably City's best player. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a definitely fair shout for sure. I mean, I, I, you look, I can see Warnock's point on that one of like, that's pretty unlucky that any other time of the season he would have missed this game. But at the same time, it's like, just stop fixating on all these things that are out of our control. Mm. Like, not everything has to be like the world's against us. I just, you know, and he's going like, well, you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it, that, you know, the Premier League don't meet over Christmas. I mean, that's just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Just, oh, I just... Move on, yeah. like you know, de- deal with what we can actually control. But anyway, I just, yeah, again, you can't help but compare him to Wilder, can you? Wilder, no. same year, you get on with it. That's it. No, indeed. Um, imagine him in VAR now. I mean, imagine, imagine Warnock as our manager when that Tottenham goal got disallowed. No, I don't want to. We'd have lost the game <laughs> for a start because he'd have just give up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the final game of two thousand six was. Uh, uh, Possibly the high point of the season, I think, um, in retrospect. Mm. It was a 1-0 win over Arsenal at home, um, which was a, a massive shock result, to be honest. And, yeah, you alluded to it earlier. We we played a weakened team in this game yeah. because we had Middlesbrough on uh, New Year's Day two days later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look down that team now. We rested Hulse, Tong, Davis, and, uh, and Danny Webber. Um, yeah. And yeah, played Nade up front on his own, I think. Kazim Richards yeah, Nade, as well. Yeah, Nade, Kazim Richards just... Beyond. Nade only started six games that season, and that was one of them. Yeah, it was a slightly weakened Arsenal team, I think. You know, Henri was... Um, uh, actually, I don't know if Henri was injured, but he didn't play. They had Ali Adier up front with uh, Van Persie yeah. and uh, Julio the Beast Baptista. Yeah. But it's still a good team. Colo Torre, Senderos, Rizicki, Flamini, Gilberto Silva... Fabregas came off the bench as well, mm. um, but we we scraped a sort of uh, uh, you know very much backs to the wall classic Warnock era United one nil win with Nardes probably I mean I imagine this is the finest moment of Christian Nardes entire footballing career. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, you can't, I, I, he's not done anything else, has he? Let's be honest. So I doubt it. Uh, magnificent goal. I mean, he absolutely schools Colo Torre who. I don't know how well people remember Torre, but Torre was genuinely yeah, a fantastic yeah, yeah. defender. Um, so he, he sort of uh, he kind of gets sucked out of position a little bit. Ball gets played to Nade. He's about forty yards out, I'd say about forty-five yards, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Nade lets it run through his legs. Torre completely misreads it. Uh, Nade powers past him. Lehman makes a slightly curious decision to come charging out. Weird Nardes. decision that. Every time I watch that, I, I love the goal, but I'm thinking, what is he doing there, Lehman? <laughs> yeah, he, he probably doesn't score if he stays back on his line, I guess. But Nade just clips it past him beautifully. Fantastic. Oh, just so good. Like, and, and also, I remember Nade was 
insanely good in this game. I remember, like, I think I said to my dad, I was like, wow, where, where have we been keeping this guy? Like, yeah. like Pele, he looks like Pele, like, you know, just, just dribbling past people, powering past people. He looks, uh, yeah, he looked, uh, he looked the real deal. Yeah. Um, and we never really saw those heights again, I think, at any stage. Um, one other thing happened, of course, of great significance in this game. Uh, Paddy Kenny gets injured yet again. Uh, and despite having five uh, substitutes to, uh, to choose from, Warnock's still going down the route of no substitute goalkeeper. So, of course, Jagielka has to go in goal and uh, keeps a clean sheet. How long is he playing goal? It's been like 25 Yeah, yeah. And I think he really has one proper shot to save, but it's a decent save. Yeah, like Van Persie sort of bounces it down yeah, to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it must be tw- yeah, 20 minutes plus five minutes of stoppage time. Uh, and he keeps the clean sheet and uh, and we get the win. And uh, yeah, I remember, uh, I think it's in the video, isn't it? He says like, well, Jagger sounds a little bit annoyed that he had to go in goal. It's yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'd have to do this in the Premier League, to be honest, the Premiership, I should say. Um, but no, does a good job and keeps a clean sheet. You know what, though? That, that, that were amazing. That win were fantastic. Jagger, we all remember that. But I think that were a big thing because... That meant Paddy Kenny were out for the next three games, and we had and Ian Bennett were injured. So we had Paul Gerrard in the net, who made at least three mistakes in those three games. Yeah, didn't he just? And we should also say, actually, from that game, uh, Morgan got a three-match ban mm. retrospectively for yeah. uh, boshing Van Persie. Um, and yeah, you can Warnock again in his element. Everything's a, a conspiracy, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, he misses yeah three games. That in which was we... bad from. Morgan, he did hit Van Persie, and if you listen to Warnock's side of it, it's like he's like we're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he cites that Angel thing as well. Yeah, that Angel yeah. didn't get banned for, um, but yeah, there's there was no real. Uh, I don't think there's any real argument. He deserves that ban. No. Um I'm pretty sure he holds the record, the club record for red cards, Chris Morgan, doesn't he? I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. To be fair. Pretty sure he does. I, and this this made me think, uh, does that count as a red card? I don't think that does, does it? No, no. It's so just, probably... Yeah, it's just a suspension. No, yeah, I don't think it does count, no. Yeah, so there'll be a, you know, there's a, there's a few extra ones, if you like. If you probably have an asterisk next to his yeah. uh, red card total for the club. Um, so that rounded off 2006. Amazingly, we were 15th at this point. Uh, 23 points from 21 games, mm. which is, yeah, that's good enough to stay up, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, you sort of wonder how we managed that, really. Like well, how we got to that. At state. that point, we'd actually only lost three games at home. Four games. True. Four yeah. games at home. Is that right? City, Man United, Chelsea, Reading. And, and Reading. Reading. Yeah. So yeah, we lost four, four games, yeah. which is not bad. No, and uh, yeah, there's quite a few wins and and points picked up in those games for sure. Um, so that closed out 2006. Let's take a quick break, and then we will get into January and the transfer business and uh, the rest of the season. Let's take a very quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors, Beer 52. Beer 52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to Bladespod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod, sign up and cover just the £4.95 for postage, and they will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. 
Because these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries the world has to offer and deliver it straight to your door. They don't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today and get your free case of craft beer. Get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Now back to the podcast. Okay, so into January, the transfer window opens. And uh, yeah, did, did you get this from the programme about the budget that we uh, we had to spend? Yeah, I did, yeah. Warnock and uh, McCabe did an AGM and said that their ambition is for United to be in Europe in the next few seasons and revealed they would have around £5 million to spend in January. Warnock said he will mainly buy British, which he didn't, <laughs> which is weird. No, he didn't at all, actually, no. did he? Uh, how many British players did he sign? Two British Two. players. Kilgallen and Stead came in. Yeah. Um, I Mohamed, Mohamed Sek, is that right? Mohamedou Sek? Uh, I think it was Mamadou Sek. Yeah, Ahmed Fateh and Luton Shelton. Yeah, I, I can't tell you anything about Mamadou Sek apart from that we signed him in this transfer window. Like, I don't think he played he a game for he us. Didn't, did he didn't play a game, no. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this, this, that's all really you need to know about that. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know, but I feel like five million was... I don't remember thinking like, oh, God, that, uh, we, we're going to need to spend more than that like to really... You know, knuckle down and get through this season. I I don't know if that was a reasonable amount to spend or not. It's hard to. It's kind of hard to say in mm. with thirteen years of distance. I suppose obviously it's a farcically low amount in today's today's figures. But um, yeah, I mean, we have to we we have to say this was. I think this is something you can point to this transfer win and be like, that is a major reason we got relegated this season. I mean, we did not. There was sort of the things I've seen kind of retrospectively. I can't remember if this was true at the time, but this idea that we were signing players for the future rather than to really improve the first team at that point. Yeah. Um, because I would say that very few of those signings uh, did improve the first team at all. No. Um, the only one being John Stead, and that was more out of necessity for something that happens in a couple of months' time. Yeah, Kill, Kill Gallon. Did become a really good player for us, but yeah. I don't think he were he were at his best at this particular point. You know, where I think he'd he struggled a little bit this season. Yeah, I do, how many do you know how many games he played for us in this season? Uh, I feel like he played more the next season. Tell you, uh, Kilgallen played uh, six games. Yeah, so out of what was that? Out of about sixteen, yeah. or something like that, in yeah. the second half of the season. Um, yeah, so it didn't make a huge impact. Um, Ahmed Fati was a strange one. He he went on to have a, a, a great career for himself. He was um, obviously an Egyptian international right back. Uh, Egypt were a, a really decent international side uh, at this point. They were, you know, perpetual winners of the um, Africa yeah. Cup of Nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he won it like three or four times in a row or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Barely played for us, and he played three games. Just uh, obviously didn't make any impact at all. Just uh... weirdly, it was linked with I think it was Blackpool when they got to the Premier a couple of years later. Right. And okay. all, they also signed David Carner. Oh yeah, Australia's David Carner. Yeah. Um, yeah, seven hundred k on Fatty, which could have been a good signing, but um, yeah, really, really wasn't <laughs> at all. Yeah. You, you'd think like you, yeah. I mean, where did he go? Did he mainly play in in Egypt? Did he have a success anywhere outside of Egypt? Did he played for Hull. I didn't know that. That's it was what, all so it wasn't Blackpool. It was Hull. Sorry, yeah, it was Hull. Right. But it, it, that's when they were in the Premier League as well. Nice, yeah. But he's uh, yeah, he's had a very long career in uh, 
Qatar and Egypt yeah. and 134 caps for Egypt. It's very impressive. I think he's still playing to this day, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did nothing for it. He spent £2 million on Luton Shelton, a Jamaican international striker uh, from Helsingborg in Sweden. Um, I don't know. Shelton didn't really do anything for us this season at all. One of the fastest all, but... ever players I've ever seen, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, was signed as a yeah as a striker. Obviously, I'd say his better moments for United came in the subsequent seasons. I suppose the uh, balloon gate goal against Man City, for example. Yeah, um, and he, he's uh, really ill now. I don't know if you. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, got sort of like multiple sclerosis, a different version of it. But yeah, so uh, yeah, it's unlucky for him. He, he, he were another player who were really, really fast, had a bit about him, but not really what you need, is it, in a relegation battle at that point? I don't know in Jamaican. Yeah, um, the one that did did make an impact for us was John Sturt yeah. for 750000 Um although he didn't really get in the team that much for uh, for a little while. But yeah, not, not a good transfer window for us in terms of uh, strengthening the squad. I mean, some, that know, John Stead signing was on paper appalling as well. I think he'd gone some of like twenty-one games without scoring for Sunderland. Yeah, uh, that's into division below. This was as well. Uh, Roy Keane had shipped him out, uh, and yeah, he, he couldn't he couldn't buy a goal. And then we signed him, and I remember thinking, "What? The, what the hell are we doing?" Because <laughs> we were yeah. Nugent at this point. Uh, yeah, Dave Nugent of Preston. Yeah, uh, but we didn't go for him because Warnock said he was outrageously overpriced. But that was the big link, and Nugent won a top goal scorer in the championship. And I think we were all thinking, you know, I'm going to get this Dave Nugent. We're only young, obviously, at the time. This yeah. David Nugent character. You've got to remember, Nugent ended up playing for England as well. So Yeah, he's he got a goal for England. <laughs> he's got a goal. He's got an amazing goal for England, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, it was fairly exciting signing really if we'd have signed Nugent but then we ended up with John Stead and it were a bit oh god but he did do I well do, for us Stead he definitely did yeah um, I don't think yeah we we sort of uh, name checked him in our Cult Heroes podcast mm-hmm. last week didn't we but didn't, didn't make the top five but yeah I, I I do remember thinking he I think he was the one of the signings I was least excited about because you know Shelton and Fatty uh, internationals so it's like you know oh that's that's exciting I yeah. don't know too much about them but presumably they're good you know they're coming from overseas to play in the Premier League. And well, Lewin Shelton played up front with uh, Henry Larson for Helsingborgs. That's what you like to hear, mm. so obviously he's going to be good. <laughs> uh, Kilgallen, I remember having a good reputation, I think. And yeah, as you say, he, I, I I don't know, I feel, I feel like he gets a bit of a bad rap, but I think he was a good player. I, I liked him a lot yeah. under... Um, uh, particularly under Blackwell. He was brilliant. Him and Morgan under Blackwell were fantastic, really good partnership. Yeah, um... So that that actually looks a fairly decent signing, just maybe not exactly what we needed at that yeah. point. Um, I didn't realise this until doing the research. Keith Gillespie handed in a transfer request yeah. around this point, yeah. despite being one of our key players. Um, so he was out of contract in the summer to come uh, and, and basically cited uh, the way that contract discussions were going as the reason why he wanted out. So obviously we were lowballing him, or the terms were not right whatsoever. Yeah. Um, he did end up signing and staying for quite a long time, as you, as you said. He ended like his transfer with... request the day after he got sent off against Reading. <laughs> yeah, they came on for about one second, punched someone, got sent off, handed in a transfer request. Maybe he was going through some stuff. Yeah, quite an uh, like... active twenty-four hours for Keith. Uh, 
Uh, I think yeah. I've not read his book, but I do know that he had a lot of issues in in terms of gambling. Yeah. So whether that, I'll have to read the book to confirm. Yeah, I don't want to speculate about somebody's yeah, of course, personal yeah. life. I am going to try and get. I've, I've got it on my to 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 buy list his book actually because I did like him as a player. I thought he was a really good player. Mm, indeed. Um, but yeah, we, he ended up signing uh, a new contract at Stain for the rest of the season. Um, we kicked off 2007 on uh, on New Year's Day away at Middlesbrough. Uh, my only trip to Middlesbrough, I have absolutely no intention of going back ever again. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Middlesbrough? I've not. I've, 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 uh, I've just taken over. I'm on champ manager, though, so you put me off now. I might, I might resign. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I have to immediately resign. Ah, oh, just, you know, like... You can taste. I mean, this is 2007. Maybe it's different. It's probably not different. You can taste the pollution in the air. Oh, I remember really? getting out of the car and being like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's disgusting." Is it really that bad? Uh, it was that bad. Yeah, what? it was horrible. Um, uh, I hope nobody's eating as I say this. But my one of my uh, over over my lasting memories is. Um, just this kid just throwing up next to a burger van outside the ground, like this, this <laughs> ten-year-old just like projectile vomiting all over the floor while I was walking past. This is like Middlesbrough's great. I, it? I know like, it's a very, very rough place. place, isn't it? But uh, it's amazing because yeah. that ground looks like at the time were unbelievably modern, weren't it? Yeah, God knows where we ended up for a, a pre-match pint, but we we essentially walked through um, just all these boarded-up houses. Just on a, a side note about Middlesbrough, it constantly amazes me that. How much? So I mean, I know it's not old Aunt Steve Gibson, but when the, the players they've had like Ravanelli and Janino and Emerson and yeah. Paul Merson and guys, it's like it's, it's not they're not they were never a big club up until Steve Gibson took over. It always amazes me how they, how they attract these players to Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah, I know Steve Gibson must be like mega sales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so I went to this. Uh, I remember being very well. It was first of January, I suppose. I remember being really cold. Uh, we were completely outplayed again. I think um, we did equalise uh, with Jackie Elka from the penalty spot. Our first successful penalty of the season, but uh, two Yakubu goals um, made, made it a three-one defeat. Um, then we drew one all at home to Portsmouth uh, with Paul Gerrard in goal. Was, was Gerrard in goal for that? Yeah, Gerard was in goal at he this was, point, yeah. He made a mistake for the Middlesbrough game as well, yeah. He, did, he let a really soft oh, goal. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. The, the Portsmouth one is an absolute shocker. Um, Actually, I so yeah, love watching back at it. Yeah, so we drew this game one all. Portsmouth, Portsmouth are a good team, I think. Oh, yeah. They were top, where where did they finish? The year before, they, they finished fourth from bottom. It's when uh, Redknapp came in and, and uh, kept them up. And I think they finished 10th that season or 11th. Ninth. Ninth, yeah, season. yeah. Decent side, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, but we drew one all. Uh, Chris Lachetti made his first start of the season. Another insane thing, this. There is another one you think, like, I thought he'd gone. Even Lachetti in the programme actually says himself, I was surprised to play as I hadn't been involved for 14 months. Uh, people thought I'd actually retired. <laughs> 14 months? He'd not been involved. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, where's, was Kilgallen injured or something at this point? Like, uh, why, why isn't he playing? Well, Bromby were on the bench. Ah, just have no idea what's going on around this time. No. Um, so we we took the lead in this one. I'm, I'm trying to remember who scored the goal. Oh, it was uh, Stephen Quinn with the free kick. Yeah, wasn't he, uh, early yeah. On. went mad. Oh, absolutely mad when he scored. Yeah, a weird goal celebration. Yeah, fishing rod. Like, is it a fishing rod? It's a weird fishing technique. I don't I, know if I, he was like fishing rod. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he even fireman's hose, machine gun. Possibly, yeah. Is he, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to ask him. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a weird Sometimes one. Sometimes I see him walking about, actually, in Sainsbury's and stuff. So. Oh, <laughs> really? celebration about in 2006. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, very, it's important that we find this yeah. out if you do see him. Um, David James was the uh, Portsmouth goalkeeper, but no chance on that one. No. Um, something that we very much did have a chance with was uh, Gary O'Neill's 81st-minute equaliser. Uh, it's a through ball from Portsmouth, and uh, Claude Davis and Paul Gerrard do a bit of a to me to you on it and uh oh god knows what happens it ends up somehow scrambling its way to o'neill who taps it into an empty net i mean it's, that is the oh, most it's... frustrating goal that we conceded that season i think i know like people will point to the wigging games and stuff like that that oh i mean that's not just an extra goal. that's a, that's three point two points dropped yeah, for nothing so amateurish and we were so, so, I remember so that game and we were so in charge and then they nearly scored actually gerard pulled a really good save off after from andy cole uh, we could have lost that game. Andrew, Cole, Andrew, I apologise. Yeah, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> You're probably safe. You're probably safe on that front. Yeah, it's, oh, it's all. I mean, I I, uh, I wanted to make a gif of it actually, but it was too much effort just to show, like, <laughs> just to remind the world how bad this goal was because it's it's proper amateur and yeah, as you say, two points dropped, abysmal. Um, followed that up with a, a defeat at Reading, which is. I mean, we probably should talk about this. I mean, you look and it's like standard 3-1 defeat to a team that finished eighth in the league. Eighth, yeah. Yeah, and we were completely outplayed. But, yeah, you touched on it earlier. Gillespie was sent off 15 seconds after coming on as a substitute for elbowing Stephen Hunt in the head. And it it all kicked off after this, didn't it? Warnock and uh, Wally Downs is shoving Warnock and... Um, both he and Warnock were sent off. Um, Warnock does this Not thing, doesn't he? Seat out, I think, like trying to get to Ollie Downs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, um, Warnock does this thing, doesn't he? Where he like gestures with his leg, which uh, like it's like makes like a stamping motion, doesn't he? In the fallout. What after Steve Coppel says after is that Steve Coppel say because I, I did look at this and he, and he said that Warnock was making a break your legs gesture. Yeah, which which is, gonna... which he got done for obviously at the Leeds game the season before, but denies it on both accounts. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, very rarely side with Warnock on this one because you can see yeah. him, you can see him talking, and he's he's definitely not saying. I, I think what he's saying is like it, it's either you know you referee you've missed some. What about yeah. some of the tackles we've That's been getting away with? Or, That's what I thought. Seeing it, yeah. Or he's saying, like, well, it's not like he's broken his leg or anything like that, is it? Um, I mean, you can see him talking. He definitely doesn't say, like, you know, get right, give him a good kick in or break the legs or whatever now. Um, but, yeah, it all, uh, it all kicks off um, in terms of an, a fight. And Warnock actually was cleared. He, he was not suspended after yeah, this, yeah. which, um, I mean, that, that says quite a lot, I think. Cause, uh, yeah. he, uh, in fact, he had a, a four-game suspension suspended, um, like, hanging over him at that point. So... Uh, if they if they thought that he had uh, committed some wrongdoing there, I think he definitely would have got um, would have got quite yeah. a long ban. Um, yeah, the fact he didn't get charged is quite impressive, really. Uh, Mark Halsey was the referee, um, and yeah, he get what he previously this gave the fastest ever red card in English football, which was for Kevin Pressman of Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, I do. We come running out of his area. I think it went his first game after being relegated, actually. Uh, it might be, yeah. I, rem- I weirdly remember watching it. And you were on Sky, laughing. weren't you? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. Laughing my socks off. I just remember the uh, gone in 13 seconds. That was Wednesday's premiership after... return season. I, I remember everyone, like, they were one of the favourites to go back up and they were, they were obviously abysmal that year. 
Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, 15 seconds, Gillespie got sent off. Do you know someone got... Uh, where was this? It was in this link, I think. Someone apparently got sent off after zero seconds, so I don't know if that counts. Um, Walter Boyd of Swansea. Swansea, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is on one of the Quickly Kevin podcasts, actually. He said, like, oh, got a record here from Swansea that'll never be beaten. <laughs> got sent yeah, off after did... seconds, yeah. He struck an opponent before the ball was in play after going on as a substitute in 1999 against Darlington. I mean, I mean the, the Gillespie thing, sort of, how would you become, he got sent off after 15 seconds, why is he that angry coming on? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, Stephen Hunt was a bit of a, uh, how can we say this politely, wind-up merchant, I suppose, yeah. wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they must have been, uh, unless I'm, they must have been Republic of Ireland teammates, surely? No, Gillespie were Northern Ireland, weren't they? Oh, excuse me. That would maybe that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> the troubles. That's yeah. what it's all about. Gillespie and uh, Stephen on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets uh, he gets the red card, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I didn't like Stephen Hunt at this point. No, and, I didn't. Uh, what... You knew what? Yeah, I, yeah. I wish it had hit him harder, actually. <laughs> In hindsight. <laughs> Yeah, he has uh, he has quite a slappable face, yeah. doesn't he? Even if he does look a bit like a hobbit, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, so that was a an, an annoying defeat. Nade got a consolation, <laughs> if you could call it that goal. Uh, completely outplayed in that one. Um, we did beat Fulham at home in the next game, two uh, nil. John Stead got his first goal for the Bleeds. Yeah. And um, Michael Tong scored as well, didn't we? 2-0 up after 28 minutes. Yeah, Blackwell a... does co-commentary on this for Radio Sheffield. Uh, obviously, I had a scene ticket, so I didn't listen to his commentary at the time, but I remember him doing like a few games that season. And after we go 2-0 up, Blackwell saying, well, now we need to go for more goals. We need, you know, we get three or four Fulham all over the place, which is so unlike Blackwell when he was a manager. Yeah, <laughs> although he was right. He must have uh, read the future and knew that we Yeah, exactly, some, uh, yeah. He said, goals. like, we could have got three or four in that game. And I'm like, I don't remember you doing this when you were manager. <laughs> that must have been the uh, first time this season we were 2-0 up, I guess. Yeah, the first time uh, we'd been 2-0 up. Uh, I think it was the first time we were leading at half-time, I think. Is that right? Uh, we were at Portsmouth away. Ah, oh, sorry, yeah, 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 of course. We were, uh, yeah. No, uh, no, no, that is right, yeah, we were 1-0 up at Portsmouth, yeah. That's, yeah, that was the, the, the first time we'd been leading at half-time at home. <laughs> yeah, not good. <laughs> But Fulham were awful that game, I think. And I, you know, thinking back, it's it's funny to think they weren't. I don't remember them being hugely in the relegation. They were on a really good run. They had lost for ten uh, right. uh, when we played them, so that would like seem as a tough game. They were comfortable mid-table. Then they must have gone on a horrendous run after that because they only finished like one point in front of us. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember them being really terrible in that game, though. Ah, Vincenzo Montella playing for them, and of course Michael Brown, ex-Blade, was uh, yeah, in central yeah. midfield. Does a favour. We actually did pretty well against teams at the bottom this season. Especially at home, um, yeah. Yeah, three points off Fulham, six off Watford, four off Charlton, three off Wigan, three off West Ham. That's pretty good, yeah. like for a team that finishes in the bottom yeah. three. Um, we then went to Blackburn uh, in a loss that I was just so incredibly angry yeah, about. Yeah, I, I was at I could... this game as well, and yeah, furious. Yeah, so we went 1 0 down quite quickly, didn't we? Um, yeah. Pedersen, I think you got Pedersen. I think you got two Pedersen. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, old uh, old Gamst. Yeah, Morton Gamst Pedersen. This is a yeah, game, probably. by the way. We played Derek Geary again on right wing. Nice, very clever. Um, Stead equalised for us like almost uh, almost immediately against his former team, uh, and the camera pans to me in the crowd. I've still not looked at this, but I need to look at this. 
<laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I mean, my my lockdown haircut is quite vast at the moment, but it's it's nothing compared with two thousand and seven. I had long hair here as well. I thought I was some sort of cool character, but I'm glad I did because now I ain't got any. And you know, I'm glad, <laughs> I, I'm glad I use it to its full potential. <laughs> Make the most of it. Yeah. Um, so as one all, uh, Stephen Warnock of uh, Blackburn got sent off quite late on. Um, and I do, again, nick this from, uh, I think it was on Blades United, the forum where I saw it. But uh, somebody, I always remember this anecdote, somebody saying that they got home and their missus said to them, I see Warnock got sent off again today. And it was the completely different <laughs> Warnock, of course. It was Stephen, not Neil. Yeah. Um, and we still lost Blackburn... because they were a free kick again. And again, another one of those minor... Minor moments at the time, but it wasn't a free kick. Basically, it was so soft. Yeah. I'd, l- I'd love to see it again because I was incandescent with rage yeah. at this. I was just—I said some truly astonishingly foul words. I think at full time, uh, I can't actually remember who the referee was, which is surprising. No, I can't I feel... actually. I remember watching it back on match of the day. It definitely weren't a foul. Tongue on on David Dunn. It was. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Andre Mariner. There we go. Yeah, and then obviously Pedersen, brilliant free kick, but another undeserved, nice. undeserved uh, defeat. So another, it was a free kick where it was in front of all the United fans, and I don't remember. Uh, I mean, maybe he did, but I don't remember Paddy moving for no, it. No, he didn't. Like, no, just all it, it suddenly felt like all he needs to do is just get it over the wall, and it's a goal, and that's exactly what he did. And yeah, just a. Oh, what a kick in the teeth. Like, again, at that stage of the season. And I do remember we had a tough run of games coming up at this point, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, Spurs, so the, the next four games we played, the team in fifth... Sorry, the team who finished fifth, third, sixth, and so, second. Second, sorry, yeah, second. Uh, and then seventh. So we played mm. four teams who were in the top... Sorry, the next five games were all against teams in the top seven. Yeah. Pretty brutal. We've got so, yeah, start, a... We beat Tottenham. We did. We were one 0 down almost immediately with Jermaine Genius with a, a lovely lobbed finish, which you said you missed. Yeah. Um, Hulse equalised for us, uh, and then in the second half, a pretty clear penalty when um, Quinn gets tripped and uh, Jagielka makes it two from two. I thought this was one of our better performances in. of the season, actually, considering the opposition. Yeah, I thought we were really good. Yeah. In one of those games where I came out and I thought, I think we might actually stay up here. Yeah, I thought we we fully deserved the win. I thought mm-hmm. it, it wasn't it was nowhere near like the you know the Arsenal home game for example that was total like backs to the wall smash and grab yeah. type thing. I, I I do remember thinking we definitely deserve to beat. Yeah, well, as I said, very good Spurs team ended up finishing uh, finishing fifth yeah. just off um, a Champions League spot. Um, <laughs> then we went to Liverpool, which is another of the uh, just like what even was the point of us paying attention? Again, to this though, game? it's another minor moment that Gerrard's. Second pen, I think. Oh, I'm first, it's not a pen, basically. Is this why he's like tangling with Coswell? Yeah, and he goes he? down like he's being shot. Like I hated Gerard that season. I absolutely. He got three pens against us that season, and ah, it, uh, it just went every one of them. and went down like such a moaning face. And uh, I used to like. I think I went off England a little bit around this time, actually. Yeah, because we had all these plays we were coming up against, and I used to really like Gerard as a as a as an England player. Still, you know, I did after this season, but that season I hated him. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, we lost 4-0 at Anfield. Uh, two penalties to Liverpool in that game. That's the big defeat uh, of the season as well. Uh. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. You you would have thought this team would have got hammered a few more yeah. times, really. But um, And yeah, as you say, you know, we, if, if one of those penalties gets missed or doesn't get awarded, then the season actually ends completely differently. Yeah. But 
Yeah, did you know that Robbie Fowler's um, last three league goals for Liverpool were all penalties and they were all against us? I did not know that, no. I ate him. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he only scored three goals that season and they were all penalties against us. But it was... I mean, just to sort of underline how, like, why why am I even watching this game? Uh, we were 2-0 down after 25 minutes, yeah. both of them penalties, both in front of the cup, I think it was, at Anfield. And it's just like, just I'm just done with this game. Like, let's just move I mean, on. This was, like, the illegal streaming game. I think they used to have it on at the Millhouses. Uh, we, we all went into the pub there. And I remember after about 25 minutes, just barely looking at the screen, to be honest. Yeah, I watched it with... Um, uh, I watched it with over the London Blades in a pub in I think West Kensington it was and yeah I just remember pretty much just chatting for the rest of the game to be honest they had uh, it was one of those pubs that was showing uh, basically every game that was playing at that yeah. point it was being shown in a different part of the pub so I think we mainly watched a different game instead because yeah it was just no point paying attention yeah. to this yeah. one at all um, we drew a one-all with the other Merseyside club at home in the next game um I don't. I actually feel like we got away with this one a little bit. I know it was a. It was another penalty given against us. I mean, it was fairly late on, but I feel like Everton were much better than us in this game. I don't yeah, I think we had that. a good, decent spell. When we scored, we had a couple of other chances. This was Ami Fatty's uh, debut, first start. Um, mm. I remember him blasting on like a couple of yards over. Uh, he was appalling in that game, Fatty. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but we yeah we had a bit of a spell after that. But yeah, we could have lost it again. I mean, we, everyone always remembers it and said, oh, "Kenny hadn't done this," but he actually pulled a really good save off after that. Kenny, we didn't deserve to win that game. Yeah, so just to so Hulse gave us the lead with uh, what what very sadly proved to be um, a final goal. His final yeah, goal his ninth of the season uh, and the last yeah. year. Yeah, which I mean is it? Well, we can talk about Hulse in a, in a little moment actually. But um, yeah, so one nil up, uh, and then seventy fifth minute, um, Kenny comes out to collect a through ball in his penalty area. Somehow, just like flaps it up in the air. Like mm. I don't really understand what he's done. It falls to Andy Johnson, who was a master of winning penalties. I don't know if people remember this, but he I think he had the record for the most penalties in a single season. I think he almost scored 11 goals in a Premier League season, and he, he won pretty much all of them himself. He was just... He, he was a diver. Yeah, basically. yeah. But, an out-and-out uh, out, out uh, diver, yeah. An out-and-out out diver. Uh, I think this was a penalty, but he obviously exaggerates contact. And it was him that uh, got Davies sent off in the first meeting between the two teams as well. But... Yeah, he basically, he nips in there, uh, tangles with Kenny, ends up going down, and Arteta crashes in the penalty off the bar. And I was sat on the cop, and I thought he'd missed mm. because of Kenny's reaction, because the ball hits the underside of the bar and bounces up, and Kenny grabs it and runs away, like, celebrating. Yeah. So I'm going mad at the other end, like, yes, he's missed it. And, of course, it was, like, it was miles over the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was, it was, you know, given in real time, obviously, by the linesman of, like, no, it's definitely yeah. a goal. Um, so yeah, kind of uh, kind of frustrating, uh, frustrating draw, but probably one we we didn't deserve more than a point from. And then a major turning point in the next game. Uh, I mean, you know, on the face of it, a three 0 defeat at Chelsea is is no no real different to the four 0 defeat at Liverpool in terms of like, well, yeah, what do you expect? Like, of course we were completely outclassed, yeah. but of course the major major thing, Rob Hulse, as you say, just scored his ninth goal, is by far our top scorer. Uh, he breaks his leg going for a um, going to meet across, and uh, yeah, he's out for the rest of the season. I mean, you, you mentioned here about him uh, being on the verge of an England call. According to Warnock in his book, yeah, yeah, apparently being in touch with him, McLaren had been in touch with him, and he were going to get the next England squad. Also, were actually going to be called up for it. Yeah, I mean, let's just quickly talk about Hulls here, actually, because I mean, 
you know, he obviously his name's come up because he scored uh, plenty of goals for us. But I, I don't think we should. I, I almost feel like we don't acknowledge how important he was to us that season. And, you know, how, I mean, I think people do say, you know, if he hadn't broken his leg, would have stayed up, which I, I think is absolutely spot on. Yeah. But it's almost like the things that he did do gets forgotten a little bit because we went down and because he never scored again. He was never us, the despite... same player. It ruined his career. I felt really sorry for him. He were, he were really, 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 really good for us that season. Yeah. I think. Immediately. Sorry, if, he, if he'd have carried on, I think he'd have won player of the season. If he'd have carried on that vein for a couple of years, we'd have struggled to, to hold on to him. That's how good he was. Yeah. He was excellent. He was a, just a superb target man. He obviously, you know, got in goal-scoring positions a lot. He was a good finisher. You know, you look at a lot of goals, like being brave, basically. You know, yeah, getting on, uh, like, he had more pace to the front than I realised at the time as well. I mean, like, you know, he, I won't say he's an all-out. He's nowhere near as good. But he was a little bit like Harry Kane in that sort of, you know, that sort of hold-up target man time. role but also had a bit of skill about him and stuff it, it was a really really good signing and it was a real shame that he, he just never even when he left us he was just never the same player again after that leg break yeah I don't remember being like super enthused when he did sign no, in I the wasn't. summer but no, then no. I, I think within like half an hour of the first game of the season I was like oh blimey this guy looks really yeah. good actually and uh, yeah that was I mean it might be easy to say this now but did you did you do you remember feeling at the time like oh yeah that's I really I, I, I listened to that game I, I, I was having a party at my house my parents were away so I were <laughs> nice. uh, yeah I was having a party at my house and um, we were all listening to the match and then my mates like coming in and I goes I lost three 0 he goes oh, yeah you know it's Chelsea because yeah also broke his leg and everyone was like oh god yeah, <laughs> everyone was like sort of well we've got to sign someone it's like I can't window shut like, oh no yeah 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 everyone was like so everyone knew. I think it was a bit like when Coots broke his leg, uh, where we, obviously we won that game, but the, all the talk after was not about the match, it was about the injury. Yeah, and I guess with, uh, the, the situation is much more grave here, of course, because we're trying to we're trying to stay mm. up <laughs> rather than like trying to stay in touch with the promotion. Uh, it, well, that Coots one just like obviously going on a tangent, but we we went top of the league that night, and no one mentioned it yeah. because Coots injured, and this were a little bit like that. Obviously, we'd lost, but no one were really talking about what had happened in the game itself. We had a couple of chances against Chelsea, to be fair. Uh, no one was talking about anything other than the fact that also broke his leg. Yeah, and this is where we come back to what we said right at the top, going into the season with only, like, you know, just a couple of strikers, really. You think now, like he says, David Nugent's outrageously overpriced. You wonder, you know, if we'd have signed him. Would I don't think yeah, Nugent but... were amazing or anything like that, but he were better than Nade and instead and, you know... Yeah, and reminded that we went down by one yeah. goal, one goal difference. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One goal would have made all the difference. Um, uh, we followed that up with a one 0 defeat at Bolton, which I have zero memory of, and doesn't even get mentioned on the uh, season I review. Remember, I, I watched think. that in the Milhouses again, and Legit would nearly scored a really good goal. Not right. <laughs> oh, I don't believe it. Yeah, Paddy, Paddy <laughs> Kenny pulled uh, some really good saves off in that match. We could have got hammered about six 0 yeah, we uh, we lost one nil instead, um, and then we played Newcastle at home. Uh, Newcastle, who did pulled it together a little bit at this point, but still a you know a, a lower mid table team certainly uh, finished thirteenth in the end uh, and lost two one. And I remember this being like a, a bit of a kick in the yeah. teeth. We've got bottom we... three again. That was the first time we've gone back into the bottom three uh, since the early days. You know, since we got out of it. Yeah, Lachetti back in the team for this one. I was surprised mm. to see. 
Uh, Nade got us an equaliser off the bench with 74 minutes gone. And uh, then Stephen Taylor uh, of Newcastle, who's a pretty limited player, I think, got the winner for them with 10 minutes left. Really poor performance, this as well, to be fair. Because I remember going into this thinking, the, the, Charlton had played the night before, and Charlton had gone on this amazing run. I think Pardew? Yeah, Pardew would be manager. Yeah, mm. uh, and they'd gone on this really good run and they'd gone above us in the table the night before they beat, I can't remember, they beat, they beat someone. So we'd gone into the bottom three, so a lot of pressure on us. And Warnock in his book again says that that's one of the lowest he's ever felt as a manager at that point because we'd gone on bottom three um, after, you know, just a month earlier, being 14th and looking, yeah. at, you know, and he said it really took him a lot to, to pick himself up after this game. Yeah, understandable. I do remember being pretty devastated about it. It was a, a like, lovely day as well, yeah. really. You know, just a, I mean, there were some good, there were some good sunny memories yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. Lane this season. Uh, and I thought this was going to be another of them, but uh, not to be. Um, yeah, we, we've lost very few home games that season. So I yeah. think, yeah, I'm just looking. What was uh, our previous home defeat? Where was that? Uh, uh, scroll, oh, it's scroll, City. Scroll. Boxing Day, yeah. So this is we're now into the start of April, and that was our first home defeat. So yeah. you know, we 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 went into home games with a realistic expectation of getting at least a point yeah. out of it. So to to lose to a pretty poor Newcastle team was yeah, uh, yeah very disappointing. Right, mate. Let us take another break, and then we'll come back and talk about. Uh, uh, a, a team from uh, from East London and a Argentine striker who yeah had had plenty to do with us getting relegated this season. I think. Yep. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors, the Dem Blades fanzine. Like so much of the world, the first fanzine of 2020 has been delayed by coronavirus. But as soon as things start returning to some version of normality, it will be winging its way to you. In the meantime, they're announcing the second Dem Blades writing competition with a £50 cash prize for the winner. This year, they're asking fans to tell their greatest Blades story in a thousand words or less. It could be an outlandish expedition watching the Blades away an exuberant anecdote from those promotion-winning days, or even a depressive tale from the worst times. They want your best Blades story. The judges for this year's competition will be Kate Balaga, who is Deputy Football Editor at Sky, Danny Hall, the author of One of Our Own and We're Not Going to Wembley, and Chief Carrier Bag Firm Correspondent for the Demblades fanzine, Phil Rose. You can find more information at demblades.co.uk. Get your submissions in to hello at demblades.co.uk and the closing date is June the 1st. Now back to the podcast. All right, we're back and we are, I've got a fresh cup of coffee, so I'm, I'm ready for the running. I'm ready to deal with the emotion that's going to come up in the next, uh, well, the next month or so of football, I suppose, that we're going to go through in chronological order. Um, the next game, we've somehow made it all this way without really talking about this team and and certainly without talking about a certain Argentine striker being of course Carlos Tevez um the next opponent of course was West Ham at home uh the return game from the the 1-0 away defeat um and yeah we could talk about the game in uh, in a moment but I think this is probably the point where we should talk about uh Tevez generally I guess um this is one of those things when I go back and look at it uh, that I there's a few things I I kind of uh, completely forgot about his whole situation I suppose but to kind of lay out the uh, the bare facts of, of what happened here I mean I I, re- I don't know if you remember this but when 
so he's him and Javier Mascherano, if you can believe it, signed yeah. for fairly lowly West Ham at that point on yeah. um, right at the end of the transfer deadline. I think it was a shock at the time. I think people were yeah. saying at the time, you know, why have they gone there? Well, we know why, sort of now. <laughs> and it's it's become a. Um, uh, I mean, it's more. It's even more ridiculous now that you look back at it because obviously. Tevez went on to play for both Man United and Man City immediately after this. Mm. Mascherano was, uh, you know, all-conquering defensive midfielder and, and centre-back later in his career. For Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Played in a World Cup final, got obviously to uh, Barcelona, Champions League winner, Liverpool. Course, yeah. Did he win Champions League with Liverpool as well? Mm, I'm not sure. Possibly not the... now, but yeah, obviously. I mean, it was weird because out of the two, everyone were like, Tevez, 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 Tevez at the time because he had this massive reputation. But Mascherano probably had a... Better career, didn't he, overall? Yeah, he, he, did, he was not successful for West Ham. He, he was a complete flop, I think. But I, mm. I feel like I knew him as a good player at that point. It just didn't work, for, work out for him. I mean, That's what Alan Pardew will do for you, though, isn't it? So. Well, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so Pardew was the manager at this point of West Ham, and then he was replaced by Kirbishley mid-season, wasn't he? That was in January. Yeah. Um, I, I've, those two managers kind of get conflated in my head now, I think, because they both managed... Because obviously Pardew went on to manage Charlton as well, didn't he? Yeah. Kirbishley yeah. made his name. Um, I think it's a bit unfair on Kirbishley, though. I think Kirbishley did achieve a lot more than Pardew, uh, to be fair. Because obviously we were fantastic for Charlton. I think this was his first job, wasn't it, after Charlton? Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Uh, Kirbishley's. Yeah, that, that is fair. Um, obviously, he was there for ages. And he, he one of those sort of managers, and this is what I, I mean, I'm going on a massive tangent here, but this is what I worry about a little bit with Wilder is that it, people don't set the chance. He did amazing with Charlton, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they finished like eight. Never... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, well, where does he go from here? And no one took that plunge on him. Mm. So uh, I, I do, you know, in terms of Wilder, like, you know what I mean? Would that happen to him? He were at Charlton actually from 1991 to 2006. Wow, that's which is amazing. a huge amount of time. And then he was at West Ham for two years, and he never managed again. Yeah, it's, it's just like one of those guys that's like perpetually linked with new manager roles. Although it's probably died down a little bit now, and he's probably more yeah, yeah. He's not managed for well, twelve years. Yeah, he's more no. of a soccer Saturday stalwart these days, I suppose, isn't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, so Tevez and Mascherano, two Argentine internationals, I believe, at that point, uh, both signed for... In fact, Tevez had just come off the... He was very impressive in the World Cup that summer. He was the, he was being talked about as the next Maradona. I remember the World Cup and everyone saying, this is the next big thing, you know what I mean? And then when he went to West Ham, you're like, how has that happened? So how did that happen? And the answer is... the very... did now. <laughs> <laughs> a very unusual ownership situation of these two players, which um, I guess is now uh, illegal. It's, it's not allowed. This was a, a, unusual, and the league didn't know how to handle it. But it is why they had the opportunity to sign for West Ham and, and not other teams. They were owned by a third party, being uh, MSI, which I can't remember what that is. It's like Media Sports Investments or something, isn't it? Don't know if you remember yeah. that. Um, and Kia Jurabchian. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I, knew, I knew the name to read, but I can't say it. But yeah, he, yeah. he was the, sort of the villain of the piece. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. So they this this third party owned the rights to Tevez and Mascherano. They were not owned by a football club and signed for West Ham. Um, and, and that actually, I mean, they must have tweaked it a bit, but that kind of continued because when Tevez ended up at Man United, he was... He was technically on loan from MSI for two years. So there's this mm-hmm. uh, there's a thing on the Athletic today about the last uh, a couple of days ago about the last player to sign for Man City from Man United, and it's actually not Tevez because he wasn't technically owned no, by Man yeah. United. 
Yeah, which is bizarre. But that, but that's a lot of other teams around the league. It is reported. There's a, a link to this that um, basically stayed away from this. They, they they didn't want anything to do with it because of the strange sort of setup of players' rights. And it, you know, there was something. I remember Spurs were trying to sign um, Dybala, weren't they, in the summer? And that kind yeah, of fell yeah, apart yeah, yeah. on on specific image rights, Sim- which I guess was... Yeah, similar grounds, yeah. Similar, yeah. but yeah, I guess slightly different thing. But um, yeah, so anyway, they, they ended up at West Ham. And I mean, how did you... Do you remember having any particular thoughts on that from a, a United perspective at the time? Not on United, but I didn't expect West Ham to be down there, to be honest. I know they were struggling Quite. at the time, but you, they were a decent side on paper. And you thought, a bit like this year, actually. This season, you think, well, they're going to get out of it. You know, they're not going to be down there. So not in the United sense, but I think everybody knew it were dodgy, didn't they? Everybody thought, why? how about West Ham United signed these two World Cup stars, basically? These two up-and-coming Argentinian sort of wonder kids. Yeah. When they were linked at the time, and Tevez in particular were linked at the time with, you know, the likes of Juve and stuff like that, and these ended up at West Ham, who obviously are a big club, but they're not, you know, they're not the elite clubs, are they, or anything like that? And I think everyone was sort of, well, that's weird. How's that happened? Something's going on there. And I think there were a lot of talk at the time about, oh, there's a deal in place where they're going to stay there for a year mm. and then move on. You know, they were like a double transfer sort of set up, which I think still happens nowadays, doesn't it? I think, you know, I think that does happen now where, Teams will sign someone and then someone else will get first dibs on them sort of thing. And I think that's that's what everyone thought, but not from a United view, but it obviously was a, was dodgy. But I didn't really look into it. What about yourself? Yes, uh, pretty much the same, really. Because, And I think, and this is something I actually semi-remembered, but certainly not to this extent. He was kind of a flop, Tevitz. I mean, I talk about Mascherano making no impact at all, but yeah. do you yeah. know... So I, I'm just going to... Okay, it was 25... Premier League games before Carlos Tevez scored his first West Ham goal. Wow! Did you did you remember that? Like that it was that long? I do remember Mascherano not getting in the team due to Hayden Mullins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't remember. Te- I mean, we were there up front of them for them. Were it Harewood? Uh, I can't remember to be honest. Uh, yeah. What have we got here? Uh, Zamora. Zamora played quite a bit. Um, Dean Ashton was still playing. The touch. Teddy oh. Sheringham, Carlton wow. Cole, and Marlon Harewood. It's like the Ultimate second tier England strikers, yeah. that lot. <laughs> I'm just looking at the team when they lost 4 0 to Bolton, which would have been in uh, December. Um, yeah, and Te- Tevez did play uh, well, from where Harewood and she was taken off 60 minutes for Sheringham. Yeah, it's so this I think this is why at the time I was like, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really bothered about you know, obviously it looks dodgy that they've signed these players, but it's like, well. Kind of who cares, you know? They're not really doing anything, so it's not. And you know, and then you start to think like, well, this this weird setup they've got has obviously affected things, and they, you know, they they don't want to be there. They can't be bothered that kind of thing. Um, mm. I, I actually did not know this, but um, when we played them at Upton Park, um, Tevez left the ground early after being substituted and threw a tantrum. Don't surprise me. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, and as punishment, his teammates decided he had to donate half a week's wages to charity and train in a Brazil jersey, and he refused to wear the Brazil jersey. Yeah, this is the thing we tell people. Say like, oh, you know, I when like rival fans or things, there's only one Carlos Tevez. Tevez in this particular incident don't bother me. It's not his fault, you know. In that sense, I don't like Tevez because he's quite clearly a you know a bleep. <laughs> <should I say. laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? He's not. Uh, I mean, obviously refused to come on for City and stuff. He's quite clearly not a. 
you know, he's not, he's not a, I wouldn't want him at United in terms of his attitude, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Carlos Tevez chance that we get now is nothing to do with because of what happened in the, in the third party thing, because that he just happened to be the, almost the pawn, didn't he? In the, in yeah. the whole thing. I don't like him as a, as a player or as a personality though. Yeah. Um, but he became more relevant as the season went on, partly because West Ham were pretty abject. I mean, look at this, they, they beat us on the 25th of November and then won one of their next 15 games, which is against Man United, if you can believe it. And got some real hammerings as well, like 6-0 against Reading and 4-0 against way to Charlton. Yeah. Real proper hammerings. And I, they were awful. They were absolutely awful that season. And at one point, it looked like they'd gone. I remember them losing 4-3 to Tottenham. I think we were on TV, that. And yes. The way the whole game happened, I think they were winning 3-2 and stuff, and then they let two late goals, and you thought that's the sort of thing that happens when you go down. And I, I'd sort of written them off. I thought them and yeah. Watford are gone, to be honest. I, I did as well, and I, I very specifically to this game, because I wanted to cite this. This is when, uh, unless I've, I've missed one, but I'm pretty sure this is right, Tevez gets his first goal in that game in the 4-3 yeah. defeat Spurs. And to me, that was like, oh, that's funny. You know, was, I think it was a free kick, wasn't it? And it was like, oh, yeah. you know. I, I almost remember thinking, like, yeah, good for him. Like, he's, he's finally got a goal and, you know, but but he's still hilarious. West Ham have lost. And, yeah, yeah I, definitely at that point, I was like, yeah, we, you can chalk them off. But that kick-started a run oh, for him. title-winning form for West Ham after that. I mean, I remember at this time, that had been 4th of March. So we, just looking at our fixture list, we just drove with Everton and was 16th, which I would have thought... That I meant Charlton were below us in the league. Um, and I don't know though, that might be Man City maybe below us in the league at that point. What I think, would have been. Well, yeah, we were 60, so Watford bottom. Um, then it were West Ham. Uh, then, yeah, then then City, then, then uh, Charlton. So I think we were looking more at City and Charlton yeah. at that point than West Ham and uh, Watford. I remember because the, they beat Blackburn the game after. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, we'll come on to talk about this now. The, the goal that West Ham scored would never, never, it would, it would never over. Was it, was it, it would never over the line? That's right. Isn't it, it? Well, Tevez cleared. So this is what I think. That's, sorry, yeah, Blackburn scored, weren't it? Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was. It was the winning goal um, given to West Ham. Uh, ah, yeah. So yeah. Zamora shot. Uh, Tevez inadvertently blocked it on the line from an offside position. Um, not only did they not give offside, but they decided the ball had crossed the line when it. Very, very clearly had not crossed mm. the line. And, uh, yeah, as I say, he was offside. So that, that was And West I remember Ham's the big controversy injury. there and not being bothered because we were that far in front of West Ham. I have to yes. admit that. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly the same. But that, as you say, kicked off an insane run of form for them. They won seven of their last nine games of the season. Um, and, and one of their defeats was actually to us in this game that we're talking about. But, yeah. I mean... You sort of, I think, kind of forget that, really, that they were so good down the stretch. They won away at Arsenal. Uh, they beat Everton, who, as I said, finished top uh, top six or seven, I think. Uh, obviously beat Man United on the last game of the season. Um, yeah, and, and Tevez was at the heart of that. He scored, he scored one against Spurs, one against Blackburn, uh, one against Middlesbrough in the win there. I uh, believe he scored the winner against. Uh, did he score against Bolton as well? He scored two against Bolton and then. Yeah, two against Bolton and then obviously the Man United game, yeah. Yeah, so suddenly he became very relevant. Um, and uh, yeah, by contrast, we won two of our last 11 um, and only five points from our last 11 games. So a completely inverse form between the two clubs. Um, and we, you know, we played some really. 
we had a pretty kind run in, I've got we to did. say. We did, yeah. You know, yeah. We, in, I think in that last 11, we played the teams in 20th, 19th, 17th, 15th, and 13th, as in that's their finishing positions. To get five points from that was was, was pretty lame. Um, yeah. So there was, it's kind of around this time, the the league kind of ruled on the Tevez situation, didn't it? And, yeah. And it, I, I'm, I'm sure this is right. It was mentioned in the um, season review, but. I feel like before, like before the end of the season, we knew that West Ham were not going to get a points deduction. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, in April two thousand seven, it says so, yeah, West Ham were fined five and a half million for breaching Premier League rules over the signing, but he was cleared to play for the rest of the season with no further penalties. Which, yeah, at this point, so if that's April and you know West Ham are suddenly winning games left and right, and Tevez is banging them in. And they got fined less than two Claude Davises. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. If you think five and a half million sounds like absolute chicken feed now, well, it weren't that much in 2007 either. Um, so we went into that West Ham game. They'd won three in a row. We were not in amazing form ourselves, but we absolutely smashed them. What a performance this was from United. One of the one of the more complete performances of the season, I think. You know, Probably like beating Arsenal might have been the highest point, but... We just smoked them in this game, didn't we? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, it was. It was. We were so dominant, and yeah, it was. It was great because obviously Tevez played, and it was completely shut out. I, I, I think they had one shot in the second half that uh, Paddy did really well to save, but Tong absolutely smashed in a free kick from um, one of the hardest hit free kicks I've seen. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant yeah. free kick. He's not known for that, really, is he? Those sort of free of. kicks. I mean, the, 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 a blaster. Yeah, they're they're a bit old school now. I don't feel like yeah, yeah, you don't really see him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still like on its way up when it cracks the bar and goes in. That was uh, yeah, absolute beauty. And then uh, Jagielka makes it two in the second half of the header. And yeah, at that point, you just think like, yeah, we've got this. This is three points. This is this is going to establish. I don't know how much of a lead that gave us over West Ham at that point. I couldn't tell you, but I remember being very confident at the time that we were going to stay up after that. Yeah, exactly (laughs) the same. And then Stead rounds it off with. One of the one of the better goals, um, certainly of the season. But I brilliant goal. I mean, I remember when he when he got the ball. I remember this like live, and we were I were like shouting, "Go to the corner!" Basically, just waste a bit of time, and then unbelievable strike. Yeah, he, he gets it on the uh, on the right wing, like just inside the half. Uh, runs to the edge of the penalty area, cuts inside his left foot, and just swings it into the bottom corner from the edge of the area. And yeah, it's just a uh, just a great a great finish and a great moment. There's something about the way he's like. I don't know the way his his run kind of curves in from the right, yeah. and then he just carries on with his goal celebration. And uh, yeah, that was great. I felt like you very very confident. Um, I did get the train back to London that uh, evening with a load of West Ham fans, and I was surprised how upbeat they were. I remember getting off the train at, um, at St Pancras, and they all started singing immediately. Mm. I was like, "Hmm, geez, these are these are pretty." They must have known. They must, they must have. have known exactly. <laughs> they must have known they had, um, you know, World Cup star Tevez to yeah. to get them out of it. Or they did lose their next game four one at home to uh, to Chelsea. So yeah, he sort of yeah. Like... I, I, again, that looked like it had finished them off, didn't it? The was beating them, and then obviously they got absolutely battered by Chelsea. And yeah. then they've got a really tough run in as well. They had Everton at home. This is a good Everton side. They're, the the running, and you couldn't really. Well, you could get it harder, but you know it's, it's difficult. You've got Everton top seven, Wigan obviously not very good, Bolton who were top six, and Man United who ended up did they win the league that year? Champions, yeah, yeah, yeah and won the yeah. league that year. So you're looking at that and you're thinking they're going to have to win every one of those games to have a chance of staying up, and they, and did. they did. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, and by contrast, we we did not. Things fizzled. In fact, uh, we only won one more game for the rest of the one season. One more game for the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, next game was Manu away, uh, a 2-0 defeat. And um, Rob Styles controversy. Coming back from the first game of the season where he gave one of the softest penalties you will ever see um, for Liverpool, somehow failed to give us a penalty when Gabriel Heinze absolutely annihilated Luton Shelton when he was in on goal. I still, I just have no explanation for why this wasn't given at all. I don't. Yeah, it's not often. I, I'm not one of these sort of people who say, like, refs are cheats and stuff like that. And I don't think he's a cheat. I just think he was, when it came to those sort of games, I think he was genuinely sort of. He was in awe. He, he thought, oh, God, I'm at Old Trafford. He was an appalling, appalling ref. And, I, and I'm, I'm genuinely glad that it ended up ending as it did because that's two decisions there just in this season alone where he's given the the decision based on the team. And that is just, it's just disgusting, really. It was so bizarre. I mean, the thing, you know, the the easy counter-argument is like, well, you know, if you got a penalty, you probably want to beat a Manu anyway. But it doesn't matter. Like, if we got a penalty and we scored, we'd have stayed up. We'd have stayed up with a goal, yeah. <laughs> we'd have lost 2-1 instead of 2-0. Um, I think, I it, think was it was 1-0 at the time, weren't it? I was about to say 2-0, but I think you might oh, be right. Oh, was it 2-0? Yeah, because I... it was 2-0 up at half-time, weren't they? Sorry, yeah. No, no, they were 1-0 up at half-time. I just, uh, I can't remember. Oh, they were 2-0 up just into the second half, 50 minutes. Right, so, yeah. so it probably was after that. In fact, yeah, Shelton, I know Shelton started this game actually, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were turning up at the time, but this just... was his best game, Shelton. I think it was, yeah, it was his first start, hmm. uh, and he was fantastic. And I remember everyone being really excited about him. He caused them all sorts of problems. Uh, he didn't score this season, did he? I saw him score. No, no, he only did. He only score two goals for us, I think, overall. In fact, <laughs> no, he must. Have, I saw him score two in person, and then they got the Man City one as well. He scored. Ah, he right. scored a cracker at MK Dons in the uh, League <laughs> Cup a couple of years later, or maybe a year later, and. One oh. against Colchester away, my uh, only trip got, to Liverpool. Got one league goal. That must have been at Colchester then. Yeah, that would have been the Colchester one. Yeah, I think one of Robson's last games, weren't it? Yeah. It's a good goal, that, to be fair. My only trip to Leia Road, that one. His Jamaican goal record is amazing. 35 in 75, which is an amazing, you know, for a team like Jamaica. Yeah, not too bad at all, that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, that was... Just again, that's one I think you point back to now. At the time, it was just like, well, we'd have probably lost anyway. Obviously, not knowing how the uh, how the next four games would go uh, across the league. But... They were one of those sort of typical Warnock. Let's just get this one out of the way, sort of game, Burnett. Yeah, I remember him saying before the match actually he wanted to make a lot of changes, but the players had had said, "I want to play at Old Trafford," and he said like he wanted to give them that. He was going to just put the reserves out again. Yeah, the next game was Charlton, uh, which obviously was a huge game, and that was just four days later. The, there's a lot of the interviews on the season review video after that uh, Manu game are, are very starstruck. Mm. I was quite surprised at that. Even Morgan is like completely deferential. It talks about like you know what a incredible stadium it is, and you know that it must be amazing for players like Wayne Rooney to play there every week and all this. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I think our current team is respectful, but. I can't see us trotting out the sound bites, you know. Yeah, and that that does definitely comes from Warnock. He's there's no doubt in that. I mean, so it's like we slag Warnock off a lot. And let's be honest, he's the second best manager we've had in our lifetimes. I would have thought behind Wilder. So I don't want to be too harsh on him, but stuff like that definitely comes from the manager. That sort of, you, oh my god, we're just so happy to be here and all this. And I know a lot, of, like I said before, a lot of it's psychology and stuff to try and take the pressure off the players. But players, should I say, but. Yeah, did those games. I mean, we sort of beat Arsenal by 
I don't know. I don't know what 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 the, what the term is. We 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 sort of beat Arsenal, almost trying not to beat him, but with the team that we put out. <laughs> yeah. And then we beat we beat Tottenham, which were a great display. And the rest of him, we we hardly laid a glove on him, did we? No, I suppose not. Yeah. What was it? I mean, we got a draw with Liverpool, but uh, got smoked away. Uh, Chelsea beat us what five nil over yeah. in aggregate uh, across the two games. Away games are against the top six. Oh and God, they're Always yeah. difficult. They are always difficult. You can't expect to go and say, right, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to. But I'm looking now. We we lost every game against the top eleven that season away from home. We did not score an away goal against any of the top seven, did we? No, we didn't score. No, I mean, how many goals did we get overall? Was it uh, twenty nine? Eight, eight, eight away goals overall, yeah. Um, Which is no- just that—that that is outrageous, the poor. That is so so poor. Whatever you think of the Tevez thing and whatever you think of the unluckiness and stuff, that is just that is just ridiculous. Eight goals. Yeah. I know, especially again, it's so it's so easy to con. I mean, and it is a little bit comparing apples to oranges, I suppose, because Wilder's United is just is just much better than this yeah, team, yeah, I think. Yeah. But you know, we go to Chelsea and score two. We go to Arsenal and get a point. We go to Spurs and get a get a one all draw. We go to Everton and win two nil. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's, it's a complete contrast. Um, the next game, uh, to me, this would have been had we stayed. This is one of the like. The same with John Stead, where if if we'd stayed up, he would be much more of a, a folk hero for United. Yeah. I think. If we'd stayed up, this would have been one of my all-time great away days, I think. And as it is, it is still a great away day, but it's one I don't dwell on as much like I do for Peterborough away a couple of seasons ago, for example. Mm. Talking, of course, Charlton away, which is very... They needed to win, for sure. They were I do yeah. remember that. They were essentially adrift, and it was like pretty much do or die for them. A, a point was good for us because it kept that distance, um, and that's what we ended up getting. And i got to say, this was the moment I thought we were safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went 1-0 down with a... Oh, it's such a... Just a bad goal to to concede, like in the second half. It, I mean, the guy shot from miles away. And yeah, just, terrible shot as well. <laughs> yeah, and it just took a huge deflection and uh, creeps in past Paddy. Um, but ten minutes later, John Stead again pops up with the equaliser. Um, another another assist for Montgomery. He says uh, he leads the assist charts for the season, didn't he? Yeah, he got five assists that season, which was the top above everyone else. Our creative midfielder, Nick Montgomery. <laughs> the playmaker. Yeah. Uh, he plays the through ball to Stead. There's a great... Uh, there's not enough footage of this goal. This is one of the ones I wish... Uh, I wish things like uh, Shore and View had existed. Well, I suppose YouTube in a <laughs> slightly more... Uh, I don't know, slightly more comprehensive format, I suppose. Yeah, but I wish yeah, yeah. there was more clips of this, but there's a great, uh, a great crowd noise with this goal. Of uh, the ball gets slipped through to Stead, and uh, it's a classic sort of go on from everybody, and it's yeah. yeah, you really hear it really, really distinctively. And um, Stead just wellies it in first time. It's a phenomenal finish, like edge of the area. Just you know, no touch to steady himself, just cracks it in past Scott Carson in front of the Blades, and yeah, one of the like craziest uh, goal celebrations I've seen in that away. And I mean, it's been, it been a a great a great day out in London anyway, I think, sort of. Um, yeah, it was a, what is it, we on mid to late April at this point. So it was, it was warm, it was sunny, you know, there was just a, a great atmosphere among Blades fans, I think. It was still pretty pretty upbeat just from the um, the West Ham game a couple of, uh, yeah. uh, the week before. And, and we played well against Man U, really, as well. And they didn't play well, yeah. I think we all thought we were going to get absolutely hammered against Man U, and we didn't. I remember, like, after the match, people saying, that'll do, 2-0, that's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
if only we'd known. Yeah, but, um, yeah it's just uh, Tong also missed one. Uh, I mean, it wasn't an easy chance, but I do remember thinking... Good run from him, actually, and then obviously blasted it over the bar. Yeah. I remember this game being absolutely huge. We tried to watch it, and every pub were rammed, absolutely rammed. We went to about three different pubs, couldn't see a thing. So we ended up just watching it on... Um, uh, yeah, it must have been, yeah, Gillette Soccer Saturday. I can't remember what pub it was. We ended up in a pub and... Couldn't really hear anything. Everyone was like talking and shouting and stuff like that. And it goes, goal at Charlton. Like, oh, get in. And it, it, that were a, it was. I, I, I came out of that again like everyone else and thought, that should be enough. I think we needed, like, we had three games left. And everyone thought one win would do it because West Ham's running was so. Yeah, West Ham had to win every every game. Yeah. And they had, you know, I mean, they, they beat Wigan away that day. No, they didn't, sorry. They beat Everton at home that day. They had Wigan away the week after. So one of them had to lose. So you're That's thinking, right. you know, we're going to need a win, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember everyone singing Blazer staying up after yeah. that game. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I thought we were done, basically. And then, you know, it got even better because we won our next game. We beat Watford, yeah. uh, uh, already relegated and, and pretty terrible Watford in a... Yeah, we were rubbish that game, Watford. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was extremely forgettable. The, both games against Watford were pretty bad that season. Yeah, we, um, I don't think we deserve to win that. I remember Marlon King in a post and stuff and so relieved after. And again, it was another one of those you think, well, you know what, I don't care. We played rubbish. That's how you stay up. That's it. That's enough. We're going to just lost 3-0 at home to West Ham. We're going to, at that point, look like uh, the sort of... They had more points than us at that point. So... It was it was good. that were a good result for us because we all knew that West Ham had Man United left. Mm. So we thought, well, they're not going to get. A, they have to beat Man United to stay up. They don't have to draw. They have to beat Man U away. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So that were a good result for us, West Ham beating Wigan, because that meant that all we needed then is. I mean, we didn't even need to win his last two, last two games really. As long no, as yeah, as long as West Ham lost, then we were all right. Or or we drew the last game of the season. Or we drew. Or we drew. Yeah. Yeah, one of them, I should say. So frustrating, <laughs> that. Yeah, honestly, because, it, uh, you know, Wigan were on this run as well, if you remember. I think it was, if you just bear with me, I think they, they lost like 12 in a row or something stupid like that. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll let you look that up. Let me have a quick look, because that were, I remember that them being on a sort of run where you think they're not going to win again. You know, this, this were just an incredible run. Let me just have a quick look. I, I remember they had not won away from home for a long time going into the final game of the season. I do remember that. Yeah, uh, let's have a look here. One, two, three. Nine games they went without a win. Um, yeah. There were four future Blades in who played for Watford that day. You mentioned one of them already. Uh, wow, that's interesting. Uh, Derek Henderson. <laughs> yes, very good. There's, there's uh, one other striker who uh, you'll do well to remember. He was on loan in 2012. Uh, Will Yes, very good. Yeah, uh, Lee Williamson. Yep, yeah, there you go. That's all four. That's amazing. Get in. I'm right happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As well, you should be. Well, mastermind, mate. <laughs> there you go. Specialist subject. Uh, Players who played for Watford and Sheffield United. Um, yeah. Right, two games to go. It's an evening kickoff at Aston Villa. Um, something significant had happened earlier in the day, uh, and not just West Ham beating Bolton. Uh, and as we said, Bolton very good that year. They qualified for Europe. Fulham beat Liverpool. Fulham were still in. We've we've barely mentioned Fulham, but they were. Pretty bad this season. I mean, they ended up where did they end up finishing. They were they were pretty well clear in the end, weren't they? Oh, they're, they're no, they didn't finish a point in front of us. Yeah, but they must have. No, no, they just, yeah, they didn't finish one point in front of us. 
there must have been something that meant they couldn't go down. On the it, last... it must have been the goal difference uh, because uh, let me have a quick look. This is the last day of the season. I've got our goal difference minus twenty two. There's a minus twenty, so maybe not. Hmm. Oh, I know what it were. Obviously, uh, not not everyone could have won. With us, yeah. us. So the last game of the season, they were safe because if we'd have won, we're going to have gone down. If we're going to have won, we couldn't have caught. That's right. Yeah, I remember not thinking about Fulham at all. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They they, like... Yeah, just just on the on the fact that we we were playing each other. Obviously, both of us yes. couldn't get three points. Yes, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, Fulham beat Liverpool, and this again was another one at conspiracy hour. Um, Liverpool were in the. Champions League final? No, why, why were Liverpool resting players? Maybe in the Champions League semi-final? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Man, Man, Man United were in Champions League final, so why were Liverpool yeah. resting players? I don't know, unless they've got like... Uh, hmm. Yeah, that, this, could... need, this needs investigating. This. It does actually, yeah. Uh, oh, they were in the UA? Yeah, they were in the Champions League, yeah. Hmm, it's a semi-final or something? So what were Man United in? Man United in the FA Cup, that's it. Ah, uh, okay. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, Liverpool were in the Champions League final. They lost to AC Milan and Man United were in the FA Cup. Yeah, in the FA Cup final, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Fulham uh, Fulham benefited from a much-changed Liverpool team. Um, and Warnock was very uh, <laughs> very critical of that. Uh, it's, it's yeah, kind straight of away as well, in fairness to him. Not just after the event. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's... I, I don't... I, I, I think that's. Uh, I, I'm okay with Liverpool doing that. I think I, unless there's a rule that says that they're not supposed to, you know, like that nonsense thing for like the Johnson's Paint Trophy or whatever it is these days. Yeah, you, you have to play a certain amount of players. Or I'm just looking at that Liverpool team they put out: Arena, Arabella, is it Ar- 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 Arbeloa? Arbeloa, yeah. Paletta, I don't remember him. No, I never heard of him. Hippier Insua. Uh, I do remember him, but for <laughs> tenuous reasons that I won't. Get All right, <laughs> fair just, enough. Uh, uh, Jermaine Pennant, uh, uh, Alonso, Alonso, Sissoko, Gonzalez, Fowler, and Bellamy. Yeah, that's very much their second string team, isn't it? Um, yeah, no Gerard, obviously. Uh, Harry Kewell came on. Um, but yeah, yeah, not 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 a great Liverpool side, to be fair. Yeah, and and that, as as we said, that has secured safety for Fulham because. Uh, of the fact that we, um, yeah, our final game was against Wigan, so they were safe after that. In terms of, yeah, we we couldn't catch them anyway. Um, so that was obviously a source of frustration for Warnock. Um, so this evening game with Aston Villa, I mean, I don't, did you get to watch this or did you go to it? I I watched this on on TV. Sorry, just go back to that Fulham game. By the way, they should have been sending off for Fulham as well. Michael Brown headbutted Alonso in that game uh, and wasn't sent off, which I... could change things. Just a bit of a sidebar. I was really surprised that Michael Brown became a bit of a head case when he left. Him. Yeah, like he, was, <laughs> he did, didn't he? Just yeah. made, like everyone, I, I, and I always felt it was like people used to be like, "Well, you know, you just play for Warnock. What do you expect?" I was like, he wasn't like this at all. When no, he played no, for well, like, sort of creative spark for that. But yeah, he had butted uh, Alonso in that game, and he should have been sent off, and the referee missed it. So it's another minor decision that could have gone in our favour uh, on another yes, day. But yeah, the, the, the Villa game. <laughs> uh, that is just. Uh, I don't really know what to say about that game. I mean. The, the the result that day of uh, Wigan lost again, obviously that day to uh, Middlesbrough at home, right. which that looked like that had done them. You know, we we get a point in that game where that's it, we're safe because that's a, an awful result from from Wigan. West yeah. Ham beat Bolton, but that wouldn't have mattered. You know, uh, us and West Ham would have stayed up. Wigan would have gone down. It's it's fine. 
And that Villa game was the, probably the worst performance in the entire season, I think, given everything that we're... What, I don't even know what we were trying to do. I mean, we, we went 2-0 down really early on. Look, overawed. Obviously, Warnock, once again, didn't really go for it. Then the second half, we keep that at 2-0. You must know this. You, you keep that at 2-0. We're going to have to beat us 2-0 at Bramall Lane. And it's the first time all season he's gone for it. He threw three strikers on. And I, just, I still don't understand what he was doing. He put Weber, Shelton, Kazim Richards and Stead were all on the pitch at the end of that game. Yeah, you're right. We must... We should have known at this point, I mean, with literally a game and a bit to go, that goal difference was obviously so tight and would make such a difference. And so... this was the later game, so we'd seen the Wigan result. We knew what yeah. had happened. So at half-time, for the first time ever, Warnock, <laughs> I agree, don't bother going for it, sit back, take your 2-0, that's it. Then Wigan have got to beat us 2-0. That would yeah. have been a massive ask. I think just psychologically that would have been a massive ask for Wigan. And it's, it is worth pointing out also, Villa had absolutely nothing to play for at this no. point. They were they were so firmly mid-table. Um, yeah, it was like it was, it was like the difference finishing between twelfth and thirteenth for them. It was it was nothing at all. And we got yeah, hammered was... that game. And that first half in particular, we got absolutely. I remember uh, were it Kil, Kilgallen and Kenny had a massive argument in the second half in that game oh, as well. You'd be both well going into the final game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting what you say about the attitude of uh, manager and players. Warnock in the review says that we went out to win the game. I think he says he says something like we wanted to be a bit more conservative, but the players had the players were really upbeat and they wanted to try and win the game. And, and, you know, words to that effect. I'm not. Uh, it's not a direct quote. I mean, who but, knows? If we'd have gone defensive and lost three 0 I'd probably sat here now, twelve years later, saying, "Why didn't we go for it?" I, I just think it's insane that all season we didn't. I don't know, all season, we didn't sort of attack at all. We accepted yeah. a 2-0, 3-0 defeat. The only game where it had been acceptable to lose 1-0, and we went for it in the second half and put four strikers on, and I've no, I just can't get my head around it. Yeah, and ended up conceding a, a third goal. Which uh, took which, us down, essentially. Essentially, yes. Um, and so, yeah, we, uh, we get down to it, mate. We get down to the final game of the season, Wigan at home. And I, I will just say, actually, I... I, re- I don't think I've ever watched the season review for this season. I wonder why. I respect the fact that it cuts right to the chase and hits you with the Wigan game in the first few minutes. Yeah. There's no uh, there's no sort of uh, beating about the bush, if you like, and trying to spin this as a positive, ultimately positive season. Um, I was really confident going into this game. Uh, and then I think the closer it got to kick off, the less confident I got. And uh, and then it all went horribly wrong. Do you, can you remember much about <laughs> I, it? I always remember someone at work saying, that, "Well, we're all right. They have to win three 0 I know they don't have to win. Th- I think a lot of people thought they had to win three 0 for some reason. I think that's because they really? looked at the table before our Villa game, and everyone was saying, "Well, we're going to need to win three 0 And then, yeah, as it got closer, I've got to admit, I did because we, I'm just looking now. Wigan won three of their last twenty five games. Uh, <laughs> they were on a, a, a truly horrendous run. They'd just been hammered at home to uh, West Ham. They'd just lost at home to Middlesbrough, another poor team that season. They were that were a bad, bad Wigan side. They were in awful form. They'd they'd lost they'd lost to uh, at Charlton a couple of weeks earlier. Mm. So I think you know I, I'd have probably said, oh, I think we're going to go down. But I think deep down, I thought we, we, we've got enough to get a point here. Yeah, surely. I mean, and I suppose you maybe you can say like. Does the fact that we only needed a point did that affect the 
like mental mm. preparation for the game or a game plan or anything like that. I mean, as it happens, it went out the window almost immediately because we were goal down after about 15 minutes, weren't we? Yeah. But we ah, we really froze in this one. It's only it's only under Wilder that um, that we've banished any of this. Like United are just going to bottle it when it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I know this, that. This, I think this was the ultimate bottle out of all the playoff yeah. finals and everything. This was the ultimate bottle. We needed a point at home to an, an awful Wigan side with no confidence. Yeah, and and, and we couldn't do it, and we made Emil Esky look like the greatest striker that's ever played in the Premier League at the same yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely, you know, I'm sure there's fans of loads of teams that are like, oh, we always bottle it, we always make it hard for us. Mm. It's like, well, no, actually, look at United's track record until the last four years. We 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 blooming well did always bottle it when it actually did matter, and yeah, this one did matter. And there's so much. Ah, uh, this the, I have like the, the weird things, weird memories of this game. I mean, one of them, Jackie Elka, suddenly gets shunted to right back, doesn't he? You were yeah, you yeah, remind yeah. me of that. Um, I mean, well, that must have been like the first time he'd played there for you. It was all, all season. Since the Coventry defeat, I think, when we lost to Coventry and he, he was moved to right back to Mark Gary McSheffrey. Why? Why, why, why? Why did we... I don't know what... I just... I don't know. This is one I can point to if you, you're making the case that Warnock was not really that good a manager, I think. If just like... Did we overthink things? Like, why not just play the team that we should have beaten? I mean, a reminder, we were good at home. This other thing that he did is he played Stephen Quinn, which Stephen Quinn hadn't been hadn't been involved for the previous seven games, right? And he was put immediately. But I think Quinn's lost a bit of form. A young player, you know, it happens and stuff. And Kazim Richards had come into the team and playing all right, and he dropped him and put Stephen Quinn in. And then he played. He also played Narde, who would not played. Uh, yeah, yeah, he'd not played. He'd played one game in the past. Just looking at this, in the past eight, and he came into the team instead of Danny Weber, who. I've been playing. I'm not saying we've said before about Weber. I don't think he's a, a Premiership striker or anything like that. But I'd rather have him in there than Nade, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. And, and Nade uh, was was hooked at half time, which uh, is another sort of admission of like, what on earth have I done here? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, the other thing that I, I remember, and, and again, you can kind of tell this on the video, but I didn't like the atmosphere around this game. I, it it felt a bit, and I hate to say this, but it felt a bit touristy, like. It felt like yeah. it was a lot of people's first game. There was this, like loads of people with those stupid horns, like blasting yeah. them all the way through the game. I it think everyone like... thought it was going to be it was the biggest game of the day. It all, yeah, it was the biggest game of the day. Obviously, I think everyone was tuning in. It's like quite exciting relegation battle, but we're, we'll, we'll be all right. But it was like quite an event, weren't it? It was definitely an event, and yeah, it felt a bit like when we beat Palace the last game of the previous season of like almost like a <laughs> coronation of like. I mean, obviously at that point we had finished second. But yeah, I do remember thinking it was alarm bell to me. I was like, mm, something's not right here. Yeah, then... it's easy to look in hindsight, but like I said, mm. yeah, everyone were in, in really high spirits, really good mood. I, I think reading the program actually, the last program, I, I don't know if I'm looking at this with like obviously a massive benefit of hindsight, but there's a lot of moments of the season and you know pivotal moments of the season, top five, and then Chris Morgan saying how well we've done. You know, big interview with Chris Morgan saying how well we've done. There's a big interview with Warnock about how well everything's going and it's almost as if we've already done it you know yeah well we must we must have felt because i did uh, even as a, a pessimistic united fan at the time mm. i felt well west ham are not going to beat man u yeah like, even, and I even think though it's exactly the sort of manager to think that I, I think other managers would say well we can't rely on anyone else i think we're not exactly as well not be there and and maybe we should you know maybe that was completely naive because obviously west ham needed to win that game uh, man u did not because um, they won the league already, mm. but I just thought, and I remember this very clearly. I was like, F 
Ferguson's not going to want to lose the last game of the season at home. And he didn't like West Ham, did he, from previous seasons as well? Yeah, well, they obviously denied him a title in yeah. uh, 95, I think it was, when uh, when Blackburn won. And I think I think they buggered him up a couple of seasons later as well against uh, when Arsenal ended up winning it. I might have got that wrong, but yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. There was certainly a, there was a bit of a, I don't know, rivalry is the right word, but, you know, a bit of needle between those two. Yeah, clubs definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. So West Ham didn't like Man United either. I think that was like from when they signed Paul in, so even like way oh, back then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So yeah they, they didn't I, like each other. I just thought there's no way Ferguson's gonna gonna allow their season to end by losing to a team in the relegation zone. But unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. But prior to uh, to that, I suppose John Stead equalised for us with really? one of the most heroic goals you will ever see. Yeah. We talk about putting your body on the line. He goes up with uh, with Mike Pollitt, Rotherham's Mike Pollitt. I yeah, believe. yeah. Played for them for ages. Um, gets there first and heads it into the empty net, but gets gets absolutely destroyed, didn't he? I mean, yeah, I thought Steph, he were out off the pitch. To be fair, there's no you cannot tell me he was not concussed for the rest of the game. There's no way he can come and just get up from that. I remember cheering, on. going absolutely mad, and then like going, "Oh, is he dead? Is he dead? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> genuinely." I mean, yeah, it was like uh, I mean, it was like a you know bad hit in rugby or NFL yeah, or something really, really like that. Bad, yeah. you know, it was obviously it was a fair. Chance, I remember him know. getting up and putting a thumbs up to the crowd as well, like sort of yeah. heroically. Yeah, so I, I I don't know, but I felt that was a little bit against the run of play almost. So it was like a we were awful, the, absolutely yeah. awful in that game, and I mean like sort of we, they were all over us. I remember like almost immediately as soon as it kicked off, it was like, what's happening here? Right, we need Man U to win because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bad. Well, as you say, Heskey just bossed us, didn't he? I mean, he was just f- physically yeah. us all over I, the place. I, I believe that the idea of putting Jagielka on the right was to combat Heskey um, because, just yeah, with his height and stuff like that, because he played on the left hand side. He played sort of played as a striker, but on the left hand side as well, didn't he, Heskey? If you know what I mean, he was sort of. Moved out there, and I thought we thought with Morgan and Jagielka on that side, the height and the strength of that had, uh, you know, to negate his his presence and that massively backfired because that was arguably the best performance of the season from an opposition player in Eski, to be fair. So it's a great shout, yeah. So it's hard to disagree with that. Um, Wigan had already made a defensive change. Um, Ariane Dezeu, who apparently went on to be a detective. He did, yeah, he is. <laughs> I learned that earlier this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great one, isn't it? Detective Dezeu. Mm. Um, he'd gone off injured. Uh, people and if... look at him and say, did you used to play for Wigan? <laughs> oh, yeah, you became a detective, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, a few minutes after we'd equalised, they had to make another defensive change. Ryan Taylor substituted off. I did not realise this until I looked back that Onsworth were a sub. Yes, the man who comes on is David Unsworth, who we had released in January. Um, so he's not on loan to Wigan. We had let him go on a free transfer. Um, and he comes on against his former club. And three minutes later, he's stepping up to take a penalty against his former club because uh, Jagielka handballs it. In fact, you know, I, I didn't add this to the notes, but we can probably talk about this. Jagielka handballs it. Um, there are some people who think that he did this deliberately mm. to engineer his move out of the club, which is so insane. Like, I think you should probably yeah. go and have a lie down if you think I mean, that. it's a ridiculous decision from him, but I don't think there's any conspiracy behind it. It was just sort of probably panic, I imagine. I he gets, he gets a little nudge, doesn't he? It's, it's hard to tell from the replay, but I'm pretty sure he gets a little nudge and his arms sort of instinctively go up. Yeah, and it's it's a very clear handball. Um, I think Mark Dean was the referee for this one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, Do you Mark know what? I, I, I'd actually gone 
I, I'd gone to the toilet for this goal. Um, oh, no, really? the I, went, I went to the toilet. We had a few drinks, obviously, before, so my bladder weren't uh, keeping up very well. And I said, right, you know, because you're obviously the last minute of the half, weren't it? I thought, yeah. I'm going to get to the toilet before, obviously, all the crowds back out. Nothing really happening. I heard the cheer, and I thought, oh. So I came back, I was going in, what happened? Penalty, Hunsworth. What? Oh, no. Yeah. And then you sort of knew, didn't you? I think that were. <laughs> That is, I mean, I, I thought we were playing rubbish, but when he scored, I sort of thought, "This is, this is, that, this is actually happening." That's the headline, like that's the story yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. This is, and it, it was bang on the same time that Tevez scored. Yeah, that's right. So Tevez scored before this, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, um, I, I reckon I heard the Tevez goal and said, "F this," <laughs> I'm in <laughs> a toilet, uh, and then I came back and Unsworth had scored. Yeah, so but that happened in between United equalising and Wigan retaking the lead. And I do, the air definitely got sucked out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is obviously an era when, I guess it's it's pre-smartphone, but still you got people listening on radios and stuff like that, didn't you? I had a radio myself. I brought a radio that day and I was listening to Five Live. Couldn't get reception, so I put Radio Sheffield on. Mm. And uh, it's Paul Walker who delivers it. He's actually in the season review video where he says... And to make matters worse, it's Carlos Tevez. Yeah, I know, and that, that's it. And it's you know, there's all these things like not just losing the game, but it's like just imagine every little twist of the knife you could have yeah. narratively with this. Could have been Aidan Mullins, could it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they could have let Blumin, I don't know, let Antonio Valencia take the penalty or something yeah. like that. But of course, Unsworth, who not only played for us, not only scored one of the goals that sent us up the previous season, missed a penalty for us. In like the season, moving everything like that. it's stupid. It's it doesn't. It's 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 unbelievable. In the terms rain of as well. The rain adds to it. The atmosphere. If you directed it as like a tragic sort of tragic northern film, then you've got the right conditions. Everything <laughs> happened that you know. Well, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean, though. You you, you kind of mentioned it um, a few minutes ago. It just. It, it felt unreal in a way of like, well, that's well, that's it. Like, you know, there's there's the former player. Like, can can you believe it? He's he's going to score the goal that gets us relegated. And I I just almost remember like sitting back in my seat and just being like, well, it's not happening, is it? Like, or rather, it is nah. happening. You know, it's like, I'm you watching know, the, the most I felt like that. The most I felt like that recently is the uh, Millwall game. Do you know uh, when we drew last season mm. and Medine scored? Billy Sharp got injured. He looked like he was out for the season. Um, O'Connell as well. O'Connell yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Uh, Egan got sent off. Then Ben Marshall stepped up to take a penalty and miss. So you think we've got away with it. And then they score. And then Wednesday, lose to Leeds of all teams. And you, and that's the closest. They were nowhere near this. But I thought, that's it. You know, everything just got against us in that game. And obviously, yeah. Wilder being Wilder, he turned it around and we, and we ended up going up. But yeah, this were this was just a, another level. Yeah, this was this was that on absolute steroids, to be honest. Um, although maybe we should have been on steroids, maybe we would have played better. Um, my, my one my one glimmer, and I always had this with Warnock, and it, it was it, it was probably a, still a hangover from the o two o three season. Was this like you know Warnock? He'll he'll get into him at half time. We'll have the you know the paint stripping team talk, and then they'll come out fired up and turn it around the second half. Yeah. I don't actually remember totally thinking that at the time, but then yeah, Nardi goes off at half time, as I say, and, uh, and Weber comes on. This um, is another thing for me. Another twist of the knife is who who was the player who scored the goal that took us up? Danny Weber. That's Danny Weber. Yeah. Who missed an unbelievable chance that ended up seeing us go down? Danny Weber. A year to the day, pretty much later. True. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, 
I mean, I, I kind of forgot we were 2-1 down at half-time. Uh, I think if you just put me on the spot about a week ago and it said Hunter's penalty was sometime in the second half and then if mm-hmm. I thought about it more, I would have remembered like what end it went in and things like that. But yeah. you sort of forget we had we had a whole second half to turn this round. We only needed to draw the bloody game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Wigan were you know, very, very content to kind of sit on their lead at this point. We had the team talk, obviously, and any you know adjustments that Warnock might want to make, but... We didn't. We just. We just. We did very, very little. Our only yeah. chance, really, of the whole second half, and, and arguably the whole game, apart from the stead stead goal, which wasn't a chance. Really, no, 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 just braver. Just a pop into the into the box, really. And yeah, yeah um, the only chance it comes from. It's a little bit fortuitous. A bit of a flick from. I think from. Hmm, I want to say Stephen Quinn, but he went off in the fifty-six minute, which suggests it probably wasn't him because I feel like it was later in the game that this happened. Uh, um, I'm just looking at the match report. It doesn't actually say when it was. It just said that mm. Danny Weber at the post. Yeah, so it gets it gets flicked through to Weber, who's in on goal, uh, bearing down on goal. He lifts it over Pollitt, and I would say most of the ground is celebrating, thinking this is the equaliser. Here we go. This could be the goal that keeps us up. It hits the inside of the post and rebounds away. And I... It's not that bad a miss, is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, I mean, any, any normal game, you forget about it. You, you know, any normal game, you say, I probably should have scored, but, you know, it's one of them things. But the way it happened, obviously. Yeah, it's, I mean, if, if Pollitt had just saved it, we just I don't think we'd talk about it at all. Um, no, it's like and, missed... and it's the way it hit the post as well. Like... Yeah, he beat, you know, beat, so he, he chips it over the goalkeeper. So he's beating the keeper, you think, this is a goal. It's like... I don't know, it's like if you take a penalty and the keeper goes the wrong way, like it's, yeah. it's obviously it's gonna be a goal. But yeah, rebounds off the post. We're you know, everyone's already celebrating, thinking it's in and yeah, it, it wasn't as I don't know, I think I think it's uh I think Weber's slightly unfairly remembered for that. Or that is is remembered in a slightly yeah, harsh yeah. way, I suppose. And and it's other thing as well, if it if it the way it hit the post and rolled across, hits the post, comes back to him, it's a tapping. And I know these are little things and stuff, but I don't think it's an absolute awful miss or anything like that. It's just, you know, just reading the mirror report here, actually, it said Sheffield United, uh, the deadline is cheats prosper. <laughs> uh, and they, and the, um, and, and it says the Sheffield United were absolutely paralyzed by nerves throughout the game, which is yeah. sums it up. I think. Yeah. Cannot argue with that whatsoever. Um, Lee McCulloch finally got his red card against the blades. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember not even cheering that. I completely forgot he got sent off actually until I watched the season review video. Well, were you just like, well, it doesn't really matter. I think I was just so depressed at that point. Everything just gone against us. I, I, by that point, I think all my intention, all my attention was on the Man United game. I think I, I thought they've got more because the Man United game as well. Man U missed a penalty, didn't they, in the second half. No, oh, you're joking, did they? I completely yeah. forgot that. <laughs> you don't know. I've got another one for you. Yeah, another one for the, uh, the catalogue. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Man United, Carrick missed a penalty in the second half. I never liked him. No, and I, and I think they were all over Man United. I think they had like 28 shots or something like that. I don't agree with Warnock at all that Man U didn't care or anything like that. I think it was just a fluke game. Rob Green had the game of his life, basically. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they played the strongest team, man. You didn't. They, they, they? weren't far right. It, it wasn't the, the very, very strongest team. But let me just have a quick look. Uh, Van der Sar, O'Shea, Brown, Heinzer, Evra, Solskjaer, Carrick, Fletcher, Richardson, Smith, Rooney. So Ronaldo mm. came on and Giggs came on after 50, 57 minutes as, and Skulls in the fifty seventh minute. All right, so they were obviously trying not to lose that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they brought three three subs on in the fifty seventh minute. Uh, wow. 
yeah, uh, and the yeah, absolutely battered him by all accounts, and obviously just couldn't score. Yeah, I'm just looking just back to our game. I'm looking at the uh, the sort of team lineup and stuff. So we Kazim Richards comes on for Quinn in the 56 minute. Do you know what our final substitute was with 79 minutes gone? You sorry, repeat that. Sorry. Uh, do you know who our final substitute was with 79 yeah, I, minutes gone? Yeah, I was gone? just about to bring this up. I've just wrote, wrote this down to myself, actually. Yeah, uh, Claude Davis. Yeah, for Nick Montgomery. No. Uh, I, what? <laughs> I imagine Frank went into midfield. Yeah, it must have been, but like... Why? Yeah. Is, 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 that, is that the player you bring on when you're chasing a game? Like, or is that the... That said, we, I do remember this. We were losing header after header after header to Heskin huh. up from... And I remember Claude Davis winning a header against him and the massive ironic cheers. I don't know if you remember this. It does sound familiar, actually. Now you like finally someone's beat him. And I think he was just dominating to us that much we put his biggest player on to mark him. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't want to be overly simplistic in terms of, uh, you know, you're chasing a game and you bring a defender on. I mean, yeah, as you say, there can be Well, the only thing I don't so... All oh, right, fair enough. Yeah, you might, as well... <laughs> <laughs> you might as well not brought anyone on at all, I suppose. Montgomery, um... by the way, were playing with a, a massive shoulder injury, which he, he thought he was going to be out, and he wasn't the Montgomery that we know in that game. Yeah, now that you mention that, actually, wasn't... Um... Wasn't Danny Webber ill? Didn't he have flu in the week? I think, yeah, Danny Webber were ill. Yeah, yeah. Maybe why he didn't start in fairness to all. Yeah, it must have been. Again, this is looking back at the why didn't we buy a striker. We went into that game with Nardi instead up from, all right, instead with a really good signing for that season. Nardi had done nothing since that Arsenal game. I think he scored one goal since. And yeah. then a, a, a nil Danny Webber on. Yes, and and not a uh, not a midfield stuffed with goals either to support no. him. I mean, what Gillespie get maybe two that season? Quinn got yeah. three, maybe Tong. I think Tong got one, unless you give him the uh, the goal against Watford, which uh, uh, two. Sorry, got one against Fulham, one against West Ham, and then what? I think... What I don't understand. I mean, we had Luton Shelton there as well, and he just disappeared. I don't know. He, he, he never turned out to be anything. But why weren't he on the bench? Yeah, indeed, it was weird. Um, McCullough got sent off in the seventy fourth minute, so you know. Basically, twenty minutes against ten men. Like, yeah. hello, yeah, <laughs> maybe we we'll be able to create something. Nothing. We didn't, did we? Uh, you know, even even the the season review, which is obviously trying to pad out the action a little bit. It's like, oh, here's a moment where we crossed it, and you know, someone might have been there, but actually wasn't. And you know, here's a, a shot that went into the side netting. Like, yeah, it showed you a Keith Gillespie cross that goes into the side netting. A ball across the area, which is quite agonising from Stead, and you're thinking, why is nobody there? You know, if yeah. that if John Lundstrom's there, he's tapping that in. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's that, and then there's a, a really poor shot from Stead, like straight at the keeper, basically, isn't there? And then that, that's it. Yeah, um, and I, I, do, I mean, you said about you know just froze and uh, nerves and stuff like that, but I just think we felt at pieces at the end. I mean, and that is that really. You know, you think you're like the one thing from Warnock teams. You know, the the typical, like, what is Warnock best at is, like, you know, getting the most out of players that have yeah. limited ability and motivating them and getting them to run through brick walls and stuff. And then you, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, it's so hard not to, uh, or rather, it's so hard to resist the idea that we just, we were just thinking West Ham are not going to beat Man U. And and therefore it doesn't really matter what happens in this game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We weren't we weren't prepared to deal with the alternative. And I've got to um, be honest, I didn't think West Ham beat Man U. No, I didn't at all. Uh, as I said, so probably a bit naive. And you needed there, a draw, didn't they, Man United? Am I right in saying that? 
what, what do you mean West Ham only need a sorry, draw? Uh, sorry, yeah, a draw would have been enough for us, wouldn't it? Uh, I think that means Wigan would have gone down, yeah, so that would have been... No, no, sorry, I mean, if West Ham had drawn with Man United... Yeah, if West Ham had drawn with Man United... Oh, no, we'd have still gone down, sorry. We'd have, we'd have still gone down. So Man United needed to beat West Ham. Oh, is that right? I thought they... Hmm. We were both on 38 yeah, points for the last yeah. game, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, gonna... By the way, as we've been speaking, it started raining. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? I just want to get my facts right there. 38... So if they if West if West Ham had drawn they would have had thirty nine points yeah you're yeah. right yeah yeah we went down yeah. thirty eight we had thirty eight yeah. on the final yeah because otherwise I would have been glued to somebody with the radio I suppose being like yeah. come on man you please get an equal it's one of the few few games that I've left before the end actually the the Wigan match I I'd sort of, really yeah 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 and I, I know I was risking wow it. I know I know I think I was just so angry. I remember one of my mates who we went with pushed a bin over after. That's how angry we were. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, we. Uh, I, I did. I just said I'm getting off. I was. I was so depressed. It was unbelievable. Oh, and I think it was soon as. I think the injury time had gone up, and I think there were only like about a minute left of injury time. And I said, "This is not happening." I'm getting. I, I, I just couldn't face the, the the Wigan fans. Not nothing. Nothing against Wigan. Just though them cheering, you know what I mean, and our mm. and our pat sort of thing, and I just yeah, I, I left. So horrible actually thinking back it. Why did you make me do this? <laughs> <laughs> did it cross your mind what it would have been like if we'd equalised as you're on your way out? I, you know what? Like, at that moment in time, I don't think I, I wanted an equaliser that much. I wouldn't have cared. Now I'd have been saying, why didn't I stay? But at that point, I, I, I maybe a bit of superstition. Maybe I thought. If I go, if I go, yeah, it's like yeah. a reverse jinx. Yeah, yeah, maybe if I go, they'll score. Um, it's like the Villa game. The Villa game last season, uh, I turned it off at three two because I thought, I don't, you know, if I turn it off, they might not score. Then they scored. <laughs> I didn't know that. The key there is to keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell your don't tell your eyeballs. Yeah, away. but Pull. I did. I just walked out and we were. We, I think it's just because we were, we didn't even look like creating anything. They put everyone behind the ball. I think Eski were playing like centre half at this point. Yeah, winning everything. everything. Away from and us, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it would. Yeah, and I, and I left and. I'd have liked nothing more to be walking out and like the biggest cheer ever at Bramall Lane, and so I've missed it. But yeah. obviously, it didn't happen. That would have been a good a, a good story actually if that had happened. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, means I can't ask you for your feelings at full time. I suppose. Did, did, what are you? Where were you when the full time whistle went? Were you already? I like... don't think I ever actually knew where it went. If you know what I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I don't. Loads of people are stream were streaming out, streaming, streaming out. We. Uh... Like I said, I think about a minute. I must have been near the ground and stuff. I must have heard that. I can't remember. I remember just we went to what's it? What's the pub called? The Bridge. Oh yeah. And we stayed in there, and I honestly got so drunk it was unbelievable, and almost like sort of quite. This is I, I say this like, and I don't really mean it like that. But it were like someone had died, and you're in that sort of denial, angry phase. I hadn't really accepted that it had happened. I was genuinely, genuinely furious with everybody in terms of Warnock, McCabe. Everyone got both barrels from me that night, basically when I when I had a few drinks. And yeah, I think the feeling for me, more than any any other game ever, was anger. It was the next yeah. day that I'd sort of sort of got the depression side from it. 
Well, I think you then you start to run down. It's not just uh, in-house, is it? But you start to think about, uh, obviously, Manu win- losing mm-hmm. at home to West Ham and how ridiculous that is. Yeah. You know, the Tevez, like, we, we knew at the time they'd been let off pretty lightly with the decision. Yeah. And thinking, thinking that, well, what's that about? And then Fulham beating Liverpool when they play half a team. And, you know, then you go back and it's like, this person missing a penalty, that decision we didn't get, yeah, the Gerard yeah, yeah. thing on the start of the season, this chance we missed. Blah, blah, blah. I genuinely yeah. remember one of the first things I said in the poll, because there were like quite a lot of United fans there, and everyone were talking to each other just like in shock. And, say, and I remember saying, what did we do in January? I remember genuinely saying that like, as if, why that was that that's i remember at the time and i'm wrong really that that took us down that january it wasn't just that that took us down it was the signings as a whole and stuff throughout the season and every other bits and pieces that happened but i that was that was my first bit of anger of why why did we not sign a proper striker in january yeah indeed um full-time scenes were not great to be honest uh paul jewell yeah. was obviously the manager of wigan uh Former Sheffield Wednesday manager. That's another little twist there, yeah. Another little knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that, yeah. uh, and he's obviously celebrating on uh, on our pitch. And uh, yeah, I just remember, I didn't, you know, in contrast to yourself, but I didn't leave the ground for ages. Did you not? I just, no, I was just stood there, like with um, uh, my brother was quite young. I think actually, with my mate as well. Um, yeah, I guess my brother had been like fifteen or something like that. Um, you just remember being like stood there, just staring into space, or, like. I know you said that you didn't want to see the Wigan fans celebrate, but you almost like for me, I was like, I kind of, I can't quite look away in a way. Like, mm. and they obviously, and they, it was, it was very surreal because obviously all the Wigan fans stayed in the ground as well because they wanted to celebrate. And I will say they were, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they were sang like something like "We Only Hate West Ham" or something like that. Yeah, um, but we, we met a couple actually after, um, and they come and shook his hand and said, you know, we'll 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 stick with you when you go to this because obviously even by that point the the, the court stuff was already in being talked about this is what always gets me sort of what when West Ham hate us this is what I can't get my head around because you know a, a width of a post meant they'd hate Wigan it, whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to sue him basically or, or take it further uh, and at that point in the press all the way through that week it was Dave Whelan who was saying yeah, yeah. you know we're going to we're not because I think Dave Whelan thought they were going to go down because they were on such a bad run of form and, and everything and he was saying, "Look, we are gonna, we're, we're going to take this all the way." We were just in the background. No one thought we were actually going to go down. So when West Ham fans say, "Oh, they took us to court and they tried to do," we're going to have done the same. Fulham have done the same. City had done the same. But everyone, it was that gang of five. Can you remember that? Uh, I don't remember that being used specifically, but yeah, I, yeah, there were a thing called the Gang of Five, and it was the this was when the the first decision happened, and it were all Wigan, Middlesbrough, Fulham. Manchester City, it might have been Charlton actually, not Man City, whoever were down mm. there, Charlton, and those five got together in a meeting and said, right, if this happens, we'll all stick together. Don't really think that happened. <laughs> I think mm. everyone looked at themselves when it all happened. But yeah, West Ham realistically should have, us and West Ham should have nothing now, it should be them and Wigan, and that is down to us on the day, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, and yeah, let's, let's do, I mean, let's just round off by talking about the fallout, I suppose. Um, mm. I mean, we were just carrying on talking about the uh, the Tevez West Ham stuff. I mean, we were, and it was a genuine hope, wasn't it, of like West Ham are going to get a points deduction. Like, mm. but obviously, I mean, they just they weren't, were they? No, I mean, they well, just I mean weren't. you remember Kevin McCabe saying he wanted twenty one teams in the Premier League. I don't, but yeah, I can. Imagine yeah, it. yeah, this mad scheme, this mad idea that well, this year we should have twenty one teams in the in the press. Like, no, 
nobody's going to go along with that for Sheffield United, I'm afraid. No, absolutely. Um, and, and we, yeah, we went into this legal tussle that was not resolved until uh, March 2009. So it mm. dragged on for almost two full years. Yeah. Um, at that point... And in fairness uh, to Mikhail, I'll give, you, I'll give you credit for this, because we lost the initial uh, appeal, didn't we? I think so, yeah. And I always remember, like, Talk Sport, I think it was Hawksby and Jacobs, um, to Landoners, and they were saying, um, well, that's it now, you know what I mean? They, they've gone down every avenue, they can't do anything. And I thought the same, I think we all thought the same, well, that's it, and I think everyone has sort of moved on a little bit. And he kept going, and he kept going, and he kept going, and he got his money in the end. Yeah, yeah, he did indeed. Um, yeah, 2009, it was finally resolved. Uh, where is this? I've got this somewhere. Um, it was settled out of court in the end, um, and we decided that um, uh, West Ham agreed to pay £20 million to settle that. We'd been initially uh, claiming a lost income of £45 million. Um, I just want to get this right. This is from the inews.co.uk where was this they basically decided that the original uh decision as to what had happened was like completely unfair um mm-hmm. so an fa an fa tribunal concluded this is in uh, 2009 we have no doubt that west ham would have secured at least three fewer points over the 0607 season if carlos tevez had not been playing for the club it's like Yes, thank you, but that's absolutely no use to us now, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, that yeah, 20, yeah. 20 million was, um, I believe it was spread over three or four seasons as yeah. well. So it was not inconsequential, but it, it, you could, it wasn't. You could argue it kept us going for a bit when we were in League One. That's but... a fair point, yes. But um, yeah, it wasn't like a, right, now we can just you know buy our way back into the Premier <laughs> yeah. League, basically. Yeah, that, that definitely did not happen. Um, and, you know, there was, oh, there was a sort of the cringy... You know, United fans in London, this like Blades for Justice yeah. campaign with Sean Bean and stuff, wasn't it? And it's just, I was like, just uh, metaphorically throwing up my hands, like, I don't want anything to do yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. This... I, I did a thing for uh, uk about that, and I said, like, the way we, people disagree with this, but the way we reacted after with the, with the marches and stuff like that. I remember James Shields stood outside the FA or Premier League or whatever with this document of signatures saying it were unfair. Obviously, all from United fans, as if they're yeah. going to read it and say, "Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, we have yeah. to say." It, it, it was just pointless. It was just yeah. It made me feel a bit sort of ah yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was to me. It was just adding insult to injury. I was like, I get you want to. Well, I don't know. I get you want to pursue justice, if you like. Is that immigration stood outside City Hall saying, cheer if you think it was wrong? What are you doing? Stop it. It was just just embarrassing. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. Um, But yes, it was eventually decided that, uh, yeah, uh, we'd been wronged, I suppose, or that West Ham had done wrong and uh, we were to be paid compensation. Um, Warnock was not here at that point. He resigned. I think that was the right thing to do for him. I think so. In my head, he was sacked. I don't know. I was slightly surprised to find that he resigned. Possibly, possibly, yeah, possibly maybe, you know, mutual consent or whatever. But I remember, like, I hated Warnock for a week after that. And it was unfairly, in a way. You know, I, I sort of blamed everybody, West Ham, Warnock. And I think if we'd have got to a, a bad start that season, which we ended up doing under Robson, I think mm. it had been toxic under Warnock. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we alluded to it on the, I think, the 0203 podcast that, 
it was always kind of on the verge of toxicity, mm. I suppose, yeah. um, you know, right the way through his tenure, pretty much very, very divisive figure. And yeah, so he left after seven and a half years. Yeah. You um, see, I, see, I do manager. see people now saying one of McKay's worst decisions is not keeping Warnock on. I disagree. I think the way the club were going at that point, it, were, it would on a downward sort of spiral, Warnock would sort of damage goods big time by that point. I, I think people forget the anger at him as well as the West Ham. People always think about the West Ham thing. If Warnock could have stayed that season, I don't think it would have lasted a couple of months. A bit like what's happened with Cardiff this season. Yeah. Um, there was, I can't find this now. Among the many tabs I've opened, but there was a quote I found from... Um, uh, from McCabe saying about how uh, Warnock wasn't the right man for them the previous season, it turned out. Yeah, he um, said he wasn't fit for our premiership ambitions, is what he actually said. Yeah, which is a, an interesting way of putting it, I suppose. Um, yeah. oh, where did I get this from? But I, I'll just throw this in here. Warnock claimed in his autobiography that minutes after the final game of the season, actor and Blaze <laughs> fan Sean Bean burst into his office blaming Warnock for the team's relegation in a, quote, foul mouth tirade. <laughs> While Warnock's wife and daughter were present, being denied this, calling Warnock bitter and hypocritical and arguing he would never use such language in front of another man's wife and children. Good man. I trust Sean Bean on that yeah. one, I think. I've got um, a bit of seen Warnock in my state at that time. I'd have probably got a foul man yeah. to read him as well. I remember no uh, of... Sean Bean's major problem at the time, uh, I remember him on the news after, was if you remember the lead-up to the Wigan game, all Warnock were going on about is that he'd not been offered a new contract. And what Sean Bean was saying is, you know, Warnock, he should be preparing the team. Why is he banging on about it? Obviously, Sean Bean's in the boardroom at this point as well, so he's getting this first hand. And uh, he was saying, like, you know, why is he banging on and on about not having a contract? He should be concentrating. I think it were already set in stone that Warnock will leave after that season. I think Brian Robson were already lined up. So, yeah, Brian Robson took, takes over as manager, and, uh, ooh, this did not go well at all. Um, did anyone I mean, we should feel all... confident that it was going to go well? I I did have some optimism because of the uh, you know the, the the little black book the contact book of Brian Robson you know like <laughs> yeah. right here we go we're going to get all these players in and I've got to say that squad next season I you could make the case that was better than the one that played in the Premier League I, I think it was I think it's one of the best Championship squads that's ever been in the Championship and I really mean that as well I think if you had a real manager. Kevin Blackwell went a great manager, and he managed to nearly get him in the playoffs. Yeah, so we signed James Beat. Obviously, Jackie Elka uh, moved to Everton. Um, yeah, you say it's a third season running. He played every league game in a row. That's a yeah, yeah, he played every league game in a row. Three three seasons running, Jackie Elka. What a guy! He left. James Beattie comes in. Uh, you know, immediately an excellent Championship striker. Obviously, been playing for Everton the previous year. Gary Speed, Gary Cahill played that season on loan. David Cottrell, really good. Hugo Ehiog, very good defender. Mm. Gary Naismith, I thought he was a good left back. Lee Hendry has become a bit of a joke figure, I suppose, for us, but was a you know a pretty exciting signing yeah, yeah, at that yeah. point. Billy Sharp came back. Yeah, and he just like that is a really, really good team. I mean, we should also say um, this was the first season with parachute payments as well that that they were introduced. This so, I felt like. I remember, I remember that pre-season and feeling, uh, obviously, despite going down, really optimistic with the players we were bringing in, and the the, we, the, the ethos sort of. I felt, I felt like it had changed a little bit. We were spending money, you know, we spent four million on James Beat. It's incredible, you know. James yeah. Beat at the time were like two years, two years before we were an England international. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're spending money on Billy Sharp coming back, who would bang millions of goals in for for Scunthorpe, and uh, you know, we brought in Gary Naismith, who were a Premiership sort of. Stall what had been in that division for ages. We, 
it really did feel like, wow, we're, we're going for this. And one uh, McCabe made his quote of Europe in five years and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't rate Robson as a manager, but when he started buying all these players, I probably did get caught up in it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought we'd have a really good season, and we didn't at all. No, we were all. <laughs> it was terrible. You know, there was uh, one game where we lined up, and I, I wrote this down. We were lined up with Paddy Kenny in goal, uh, Phil Bardsley at right back, uh, Gary Naismith at left back, centre half pairing of uh, David Gary Cahill and Matt Kilgallen. Keith Gillespie on the right wing, Gary Speed and uh, Michael Tong in the middle with uh, Stephen Quinn on the left and Billy Sharp and James Beattie up front. What a team! Ridiculously destroyed the championship. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. But we we got nine points from our first ten games and we're twentieth, so it's like ah. Maybe this isn't going to work out. Uh, Robson hung on till Valentine's Day, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> It went on a run of one win in 13 in the middle of the season, which included a 2 0 defeat at Hillsborough. Yeah, it was a it, mess, that, one it? of the most embarrassing things I went to that game is all the Wednesday fans singing, There's only one Brian Robson. Yeah, it's just, I mean, and, and you know, you have to say that really set us back, didn't it? The, the money we invested that season and how bad we were. And yeah, we were. We were scrambling to get out of that situation. I mean, you look at um, you know, you look at Blackwell had to you know let players go. Or, you know, Paddy Kenny eventually left. Beatty obviously was sold uh, from under him. That kind of thing, and that, that yeah. essentially was trying to deal with the fallout of pushing our chips into the middle in this season and it just failing badly. The one time um, McCabe has fully, 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 fully gone for it, uh, and it backfired in such a way. I don't think he ever dared do it again. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. That's the root of it. Um, <laughs> Slightly inexplicably tried to make Brian Robson uh, head of football rather than just getting rid of him, uh, which I he assume is direct. Contact. He wanted his little black book, as you call it. I think. I think <laughs> that, he wanted. I think it. he liked the idea of England legend, former captain Brian Robson, part of Sheffield United Football Club. I think it helped a lot of things in terms. Of, I think it made us more of a. I don't know, like a more uh, global sort of club mm. than like Neil Warnock or Kevin Blackwell would have you know people have not heard of it and I think it I think it helped probably probably helped sell United to other businesses and sponsorships and all this sort of stuff saying we had this England legend but you know I mean mm. if you just want an England legend then put I don't know try and get the Queen to do it or something I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah just you know it's, yeah. It, it, you can't yeah it was a ridiculous move trying to get him to be general manager I mean what a he must have some pride Brian Robson I, it's like being at work and saying well we don't want to sack you, but can you do you know do cleaning instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, just just leave your address book for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave your address book. You're not manager anymore. Just you know, clean clean a few shelves. And then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he turned that down, and uh, his next role was uh, as an ambassador for Man United. Um, yeah, and he never properly managed. He managed again. Thailand I mean, he... and was voted in Thailand as their worst ever national manager. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say no disrespect to Thailand, but I don't count that as managing no, properly ever again. But it sounds like he didn't even do that well. I can't remember what it is. It, it, it might be the Asian Cup or something. Something that they qualify for every time. Anyway, he, he was the only manager who didn't qualify. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was that. I mean, if if you had to, uh, I guess you know when, when you say like, why, why did we go down this season? I mean, there's so many reasons in there. It's it's not because West Ham cheated. That's obviously a factor, but 
Um, yeah, if, if you... I don't know, just to put you on the spot, if you were to pick one thing, what do you think it would be? Uh, I think our signings. I think the, the, the transfers that we did. I don't think we were good. Uh, it, it seems r- ridiculous to say we weren't good enough to stay up when the reason West Ham stayed up is because they broke the rules. But that team played above itself to get as many points as it did for me. And I think we should have been... More proactive in the in the transfer window, and you know we that if you look at the the, the team for the final game, it's amazing that we got to that stage, really. Yeah, the, uh, that's what I said earlier on. I mean, it's kind of amazing this team got thirty eight points. Yeah, I just don't think yeah. we're good enough. I think at the end of the day, we weren't good enough. We did get cheated, and it had been a minor miracle to stay up. And, and miracles do happen, you know. It's I, I, you look at the Sheffield United team now. That Sheffield United team is probably not good enough to be in the Champions League, but it could happen. So, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it, it, things do happen. So we did get cheated in that sense. But I think overall, it's just a lack of quality. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, it kind of related to yours. I, the the one I always come back to is Hulse breaking his leg. And this is a little bit, I feel like I'm a little bit washing my hands of things that, like, we did, I guess, on the pitch. Because that's, like, almost, that's kind of an unavoidable injury. And at that point, the transfer window had closed. But the fact that we were so reliant on Hulse and it, you know, we'd played four or five months before the January transfer window where we were so reliant on Hulse. He was like the only player that was scoring goals for yeah. us. So, yeah, to go into that second half of the season, really just relying on him. And, and John Steady, as you said, had been in awful form and it was a bit of a, a bit of a joke when he joined us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty negligent. I mean, instead, then, turned yeah. out to be an amazing signing, classic Warnock signing, getting a player who was doing rubbish somewhere else, really, and had gone off the the radar a bit, and bringing him in and, and making him into a really good player for us. That that were that Warnock was his best at, weren't it? You know, getting the best out of players who had been, you know, uh, dismissed elsewhere or whatever. But in hindsight, I'd rather have taken taken instead spend all the rest of that money that we spent on Shelton fighting Kilgallen and just spend it on a, on a five million striker like Nugent or whoever, you know, and like I said before, I'm not a massive fan of Nugent, but we needed one goal. I'm sure he'd have got it. <laughs> At the end of the day. Yeah. Just one more yeah. goal would have done, would have done the business. Um, so there we go, mate. That is, that is the season. That was, that was somewhat cathartic. I think if you've, if you've listened along to this, then, uh, well played, <laughs> unless yeah. you're a West Ham fan. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was one, I mean, you know, I uh, was, I was, I just was really, really down after this season. I just didn't want to think about it at all, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really down about it until we made the signings and then I got up and then because that failed, it, this season became even bigger, I think, as the time's gone on. I think because we went so far down into League One, it all sort of comes back to this season. I think most other teams who come down from the Premier League become either yo-yo clubs or they're strong in the championship for a few years. We sort of went down at a rapid rate, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, an unanswerable question is what what might have happened if we'd stayed up? Mm. If uh, if it had been Wigan instead, I suppose. Like, what would... Yeah, would, would Warnock have got another season? I think Warnock would already have... gone. I think Warnock was... I think that's the reason the contract were never signed. I think Robson were lined up way before. Yeah. We, we got Robson in about a week after Warnock left. There were obviously something going on there. And he was a really good mate to Terry Robinson. In Brian Robinson's autobiography, the first page said, massive thanks to Terry Robinson. And that was before, right. he'd, before he'd signed for United. They were West, West Brom manager at the time. Um, so they knew each other. I think that were already set in stone. So the likelihood is we'd have probably just been a year behind. Yeah, I was <laughs> about to say that, yeah. And then, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And signed all the same Wilder, players. So. 
Yeah, yeah. So it all works out for the best in the end. There we go. Um, Right, let's just finish off very quickly. Uh, I I, I feel like we did not talk about Paddy Kenny's eyebrows enough. And (laughs) I've spent spent a long time thinking about this because it's just like... So bit someone's eyebrow off. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Because it was a while ago, there is, is not easy access to uh, good newspaper headlines about this because I feel like it's quite fertile ground, but um, apparently not because I tried to, or we both tried to come up with some potential headlines for this. It's actually harder to come up with eyebrow-related things I've than got I thought. On. That's it. That's how bad I am. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let so you leave. So bad off. this. Who wet all the eyebrows? <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. That's good. I like that. Um, I I thought you, very simple. You have brow beaten. Essentially, what happened? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> the the obvious hair today gone tomorrow. Uh, yeah, bitten yeah. off more than he can chew, of course. Paddy yeah. chewed up and spat out. Uh, reality bites for Paddy. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I was I was quite pleased with that one. Paddy's hair raising night out. It's a bit obvious. Uh, Bald man loses hair. It's a good sub, sub, <laughs> subheading, I think, for that one. Love that. <laughs> and uh, friends face off ends with friends face off. I thought it was you a could good, have uh, a Paddy no longer surprised or something like that. Obviously, can't raise his <laughs> yeah. eyebrows, but yeah, he grew back. Yeah, because I'm looking at the program now, and he's on the front cover of the uh, the last program, and they're definitely back on there. Is this the only recorded incidence of a, someone having their eyebrow bitten off? Uh, I could not tell you. It's not really, you know, very little research has gone into uh, <laughs> eyebrows yeah, being I've... bitten off, I don't think. So. I feel like it might have happened in boxing or something like that. Yeah, and Tyson's Maybe. on or something, yeah. yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, actually. Uh, yeah. I'm going to type it in, see if Paddy Kenny comes <laughs> up first. Hang on. I know, the, the first thing is, shocking moment, man's eyebrow is bitten off after uh, fighting pub beer garden. Mind you, that could have been Paddy Kenny again. We'll have to check out his book that's coming out for the uh, the truth the, of what happened to his eyebrow. The funniest thing about that whole incident is when, I think you mentioned it earlier, is when Kenny says, uh, sorry, when Warnock says, I've told him not to go out in Halifax, and he won't be going out again in Halifax, as if Halifax is the issue. <laughs> yes, it's all Halifax's fault. I wonder if he's ever been back to Halifax. I imagine it will have been, yeah, uh, knowing Padder. Yeah, he's, he's from, is he from Halifax? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, yeah, he is. He's from Halifax, yeah, born in Halifax. So. Oh, well, he's, he's got no chance, though, yeah, has yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, R.I.P. Paddy Kenny's eyebrow, or eyebrows. But yes, as you say, it grew back quite quickly. Um, and that's where we'll leave it, mate. We'll leave it with uh, Paddy Kenny's chewed up and spat out eyebrow on the floor. What, what were you, well, when did I hire them? What were your best moment of the season? Um. I still think it's that Charlton away game. Mm. It's just a, a really great away game for me, and just an away uh, an away day. And yeah, mad mad celebrations when Steady equalised. It's just there were a lot of big moments. There were a lot of really good moments actually. Beating Tottenham, that Liverpool first game for me, it was just it's not really a moment. The atmospheres were unbelievable, and I, I don't know if we'll yeah. I don't know if we'll see that again uh, realistically because, like you say, we were such a poor side, and we knew that that we were back yeah. gods all the time that makes the atmosphere better because you're not sort of expecting too much. Whereas the wilder team at the moment is almost like a victim of its own success. Sometimes you expect them to be teams. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably just the atmosphere for me. Yeah. It's a good show. It was, uh, it was good. I think it was possibly one of the first, first years I had a season ticket as well, actually. Mm. I think, um, so yeah, enjoyed that. Um, didn't enjoy the ultimate outcome of the season, but there you go. It just it throws into sharp relief how good everything is under Chris Wilder. So yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for all your uh, research and uh, and time contributing to this one. Another 
another beast of a pod, yeah. but um, yeah, in a funny way, uh, good to talk. Yeah, let's never this. talk about it again. And then that's funny now. <laughs> this is it. This is the <laughs> definitive um, oral document of this season, and now we can drop it into Room 101 yeah. and never think about it ever Next again. Next up, Mick Adams' um, a season. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> even, even That is even a step too far for me, I think. But we'll see. Cool. All right, mate. Thanks once again. Uh, have yourself a good day, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, yeah, so to you, mate. Cheers, bud. Bye.